Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And for the first time in 2021, we're back, baby. Yeah, mate, we're back. We're back, mate. It's good to be back. Rugby league is very, very close. It starts next Thursday night. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And it's got me feeling like I want to arc it up and spark it up. We will get there. It'll be good. Brock, how you going, my friend? Good, man. Fifth and last NRL podcast. Back for 2021. Welcome back to everybody, and if you're brand new and you're on board, good times. If you're not on board or you're out there and you're a long-time listener, make sure to share the love. Get people on board with the fifth and last in 2021. We had a strange-ass year last year for 2020, which was very different for all of us, but hopefully we're past that and we don't have any bubbles and unprecedented getting used every single week this year in 2021. Hope um, not. Hope but a couple of changes before we kick off. Posted up earlier, and uh, you've mentioned to a few people as well. New platform this year, Acast, we are on board with. So thank you, Acast, for taking us on board. Big thanks to our longtime provider, Audio Boom. It was a good run, and uh, yeah, it's a good run. But on, just... on to new things now with Acast. Still available also <laughs> on iTunes and Spotify. Things have been transferred over there. So everything from now on, as always, if you're on iTunes, Spotify, no worries. But if you're on the Audio Boom platform, we are now off there. We are on Acast. Audio Boom had the full support of the board. So there you go. But 2021, here we are. They come around quick. The off season, late finish, well, obviously. Shorter, yeah. Origin. And we're almost back into it. But for anyone that hasn't been here for the first time for our season previews, we will go through all 16 clubs in depth, gains, losses, look at potential teams, where we think they will finish, some predictions and some betting odds, uh, and good old overs-unders, as we do every year, how many wins each team will have. So uh, usually run through it in alphabetical order. I've kind of jumbled it tonight just to make it a little bit different so it's not same old, same old. But before we get going, there are some changes we have to talk about, Brock. Some more rule changes. We had plenty of rule changes last year. They've chucked in more for 2021. Too much too soon, but that's my opinion. I'm with you. Uh, first one, 40-meter out field goal is worth two points. Mm-hmm. And people have had different feelings on this one. I don't really think it's going to have a whole lot of relevance. In I think it will have relevance just before half time. Yeah, well, there you go. And that's... Because I, I've thought about it and I was talking to... Mick Potter about it. Um, we had a trial game on uh, Saturday for Cup and Sunday for Ron Massey, and we we're just chatting about, you know, outside of when you know you need a field goal to win a game. When's the other time you take a field goal? And usually it's around half time. If you've got the ball and you're ahead, or 
you've got possession and you can't actually score a try, usually you'll try and set up to kick a field goal. So I think there'll be some incentive there now to take that shot on the 40-metre line or just outside rather than moving in a couple of plays um, and getting two points out of it. If you've got someone that can slot one from 40 out, then I think that's where it may come into play. Uh, And then the other obvious one is if you're down two with a minute to go. Yeah, well, I think... People but, struggle to kick a field goal, now, as well, is with yeah, pressure, so I just can't I think it's see a it. response to the fact that a lot of coaches and a lot of people around the game were saying, well, if you get a penalty inside the last minute, a six again, we'd like to take the two and not get the six again. This is, I it's guess, another ave- format, avenue for that two points to come you about. You already have people jumping offside and not basically I agree. following at the back end when the whistle's away. So I, my opinion is it's not going to have a whole lot of relevance, but that's only my opinion. I think... Mm-hmm. This rule to me is a bit like the 2040. Last oh, I year, think it'll be more relevant than the 2040, but I think it will yeah. be. But I don't think it'll be majorly. But we'll, that's yet to be seen. Uh, most, How many will we see this year? I reckon we'll see less than five. I would say under as well. I'd probably. I'm going to go as far to say we'll see less than three. That's go. my opinion. Uh, most of the other rules are based around keeping the ball in play, and mm-hmm. we've heard the reaction of the players on the weekend. Well, I've had them, three weeks of it. All the all the rule changes have gone down to New South Wales Cup gone through to Ron Massey Cup so I've seen it all, all the NRL stuff we're playing at the moment and it's certainly made the game a lot faster less stoppages um, so go through them and then I'll, I'll talk about well, what impact I think they've had they already got more ball and play last year and now from the weekend I think they found an average of an extra four to five minutes again of ball and play because mm. one of them is obviously a ball in touch now or a play in touch requires no scrum so you're taking away Wasted time there. If you roll the ball or do not make a genuine attempt to play the ball, straight up handover and a play the ball goes the other way. Um, the six again for ten, few of them. 10 meter infringements last year, that was a penalty. Not anymore. Six again, roll through. Yeah. They've got, I'm not sure I like that when it's deliberate. Is there criteria to say that if it's deliberate, yeah, well, this is the thing. And same again today when people are saying less scrums are good. Cooper Cronk made a point, and I agree. Certain teams do like attacking from the scrums and like that advantage, especially in good ball. Uh, particularly your South Sea Melbourne Storms, the Roosters, people that have some set plays to get that split right and create numbers off a scrum rather than a 12-man line. But I, I'm so, under the impression that you can choose to play the ball from... I, I don't want to get rid of the scrum completely, but it seems like we're basically headed that way. Well, I'll tell you now, right? If you kick the ball out on the left edge and you're the defending team and you can choose where you want to play the ball, the, the easiest way to get a rest is to just have the play the ball on the far sideline, the opposite sideline. Because you've got to walk across it. There's going to be there's going to be ways teams will get around it. Oh, I still think and manoeuvre to get more rest. But mm. I, I don't mind those rules. Mm. The I don't scrum mind get rid of the scrum. Scrum break early is a penalty, which I already thought was the case anyway. But that yeah. was one that was brought up. Uh, the bunker reviewing all tries like they did at the back end of last year will Smart. be happening again before conversions are taken. So for the most part, the bunker is actually getting put to use as it should have been. And another one that was common sense for me: captain's challenges that are inconclusive. You don't lose your challenge. Which there's some that you look at last year and go, well. It's so 50-50. If you can't make your mind up, they lose their challenge. It's Yeah. I think that's pretty straightforward. And the last one, which is another one I, I like, an injured player has to be interchanged if the trainer asks for play to stop. So if you want to go down with a cramp or anything like that and you're trying to slow down play or gain an advantage, you better legitimately be hurt now. Because yeah. if the trainer has to ask for play to stop, you have to go off. Yeah. So if it costs you an interchange... That's going to hurt. But in general, I don't really have much of an issue with most of those rules. I like more ball and play. But like we said last year, a lot of people were still calling, even after these rules, to go down to six interchanges. I think that is 
just not going to be able to happen. And now that we've got even more ball and play, more flow, more fatigue, there's absolutely no way in my mind you can go less than eight in change. The game was already very fast last year, coming back off basically on two pre-seasons, having the COVID stop. And we saw a lot of injuries, in particular soft uh, tissue or fatigue injuries. And even those bigger impact injuries come from bad technique and under fatigue. I think this year's pre-season was a little bit different. Again, it wasn't quite a full pre-season, but we'll get a better look at the full impact of the game this year and if it has that effect on players or if yeah, it really I, does tie people out. I say this every off-season off and every season preview. They need to just stop changing the rules for just, a period yeah, of time. For the rest just of the season, it's just getting harder and harder. Leave and harder. it alone. Just stop. But I also think we're getting to the point that we taught last year. You keep going further and further this. You're changing the whole... Fabric of the game. Fabric of everything. Yeah. So not long ago, we were too slow and you could get big guys and you'd roll them off and play through the middle and you needed dummy halves that were crafty or creative or you need the better halves to be able to create anything in attack. Now we're heading to a point where we're getting to a touch football Oz tag kind of thing. If you drop the interchanges and go even faster, you're not well, going to have creation. I'll tell you now, if you, if you had a scrum, apart from the hooker, you wouldn't know the difference between the forwards. Because no, so every front rower, bar You probably might be a little bit taller. Well, there's a handful of big men left that have Slightly mobility heavier. or the ability to play. But the so, differences in body shape are now almost eliminated completely. Like, There's not many, say, Jesse Bromwich types that play 60 or so minutes that are mobile enough to keep going. Yeah, everyone's almost the, uh, everyone is almost the same body shape and you just get put in a position based on your catch pass and your leg speed. Well, the build that they're going for now is sort of the Dale Finucane type player. It's that... Sort of six row, foot yeah. two, six three, good middle defender, tall enough, big enough. Like Welch plays that front row, but a lighter build again. But there's not going to be many of your Nelson sort of types or your Paseca moving forward if mm. you keep moving the rules one way. Yeah. And yeah. your hookers and halves going the opposite way instead of having a lack of guys because you've got too much structure and need those one or two that are very, very creative. I think your junior football, you're going to be looking at people that are just able to play fast, flat, get over the advantage line, take advantage of space and numbers. And look, I remember saying on the podcast three or four years ago for our long-term listeners, saying that the fact that they're doing, they are pumping these, you know, block plays and scripted play and almost NFL-style rugby league robot footy through the development systems, the game will be different in four years. And, and it is. It, and it is. It's having a complete opposite It way. is, yeah. So... We'll see where the game is in four more years. Yeah, I look forward to seeing how it all pans out this year. But I, yeah, as far as the changes go right now, hopefully it stops yeah. after this season. But we'll get a full sample size, obviously, <clears throat> with uh, hopefully no bubble or no stoppage or issues. Highly, highly, highly doubtful and very hopeful that this year just goes as normal. We're back to 24 games. We've got Origin back in the middle, which also has to be taken into account. But uh, those rule changes, and one more yesterday, was the change of the... June 30 deadline. It now is August 1st, which means up until around 20. And the blow up yesterday was, oh, it leaves open too much interpretation for people to cheat or this, that, and the other. But the way they were talking about it, some of them, is, is if you could, you know, take a top line half off someone if you had an injury or a hooker. Or, like, I don't see how that would work. Like, that system's alone. I highly doubt the NRL would say approve alone if the Roosters push lost. They're just, all they've done is just push back. Yeah, that's what I was. Let's just see how it plays sitting out. Sitting there yesterday thinking, I don't know why people are freaking out for. Yeah. You know, that, I like that point it. in the year. I, I like it. I think because if you get an injury, you don't want to see sides fade out and be nah. non-competitive for finals when they could they should be able to go and pick someone up as a free agent. But I don't think the example used would apply. Like the, what, what the, example are we talking about? Some of the journos and some of the people were talking about it being open for a corruption in the sense that say one of the top sides loses a half, you can just grab another half for the rest of the year for six weeks from someone else. I'm like that's 
if you have a contract, why would another team loan you their player if they're out of finals or you wouldn't be able to get them? Like within a calendar year, it's October to October. You can't take someone as a free agent off a team that's been knocked out. I highly mm. doubt that's going to happen. That's a loan. It's a completely yeah, different thing. But the, the whole way it was spoken of, I was just like, I think yeah, you listen to there needs people. to be a little bit of clarity around that, but I highly doubt that's the way it's going to work. They've just stopped the, the window. Yeah, it's a bit further The window back. you fill your 30 is now August 1, not yeah. June 30. Simple and as that. I agree with you on that one. So there you go. A couple of new coaches in the seat this year. Peyton goes to North Queensland. Brown at New Zealand. Griffin to the Dragons. Kevy Walters at the Broncos. Barrett at the Dogs. Uh, plenty of player movement. Some big names moving around as well. And another season is upon us. So... Anything you want to say before we jump in? How was your off-season? We, we did record a podcast a couple of weeks ago that unfortunately didn't end up working because we had problems uh, transferring off audio boom. But uh, we talked about the NFL, some off-season news and a few bits and pieces and what's been going on. But how was your off-season before we get going? Well, I haven't really had one. You've made just, a, a bit yeah. of a switch. You're no longer at the Tigers. No longer at the West Tigers. Mounties. Like Mounties, yeah. And they've got Working a link with, um, with the Bulldogs. Yeah, so we've done a little bit. With the New South Wales Cup and the Ron Massey Cup, yep. and uh, yeah, we, we're, we've done a few sessions with the Bulldogs, who I will, will say look extremely fit. But I imagine every side's made well, those yeah, changes. But the, some of the body shapes they the, they are far far leaner than what they were even last year. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to the Watini Zalesniak brothers and a, a few boys, Corey Waddell and Sione Katoa, and a few boys I know from my days at the Panthers, they were saying that. They're playing on average about five to six kilos lighter this year, yeah, just compared to last year, which massive. is huge. It's it's between five to ten percent of your whole body weight mm. lighter. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I think it'll take a lot of the impact out of the game, and it'll it'll become that war of attrition. So, and what else? Um, Some beers, sport, no, horses. Not a, not a lot of beers. Been really. a parent. Been a parent mostly. Good times. Training and. Changing nappies, pretty much. And me over here, just work. I'm taking a yeah. year off. Jumped off. Nothing at the Tigers. Uh, helping you out a little bit on a, in a very small role, but other than that, lots of work. Lots of overtime, lots of night shift, and I'm the reason we're two days late, so I apologise to everyone on that. But let's kick us we're off. We're not two days late, because the season has no, started. No, but it's the date I set really for sorry. it, I wanted to get in, right. I changed it. So anyone wants to get mad, you can give me a triple. You just like the June 30 deadline. Oh, yes. Changing all the time. But there's the new rules. There's some of the changes. Let's jump into our season previews. The first one, after I've shuffled this list, is the Newcastle Knights last year. What, what one to start They with. finished 7th. Attack 8th. Defensively, they were 7th. Their record in the shortened season was 11, a draw, and 8 losses. Obviously, things started off very, very well for those first two games. Then COVID hit. Come back out of it, and they couldn't seem to catch a break. They had a million different spine combinations. They lost Braley, obviously, just before in those two games who looked absolutely outstanding. Pierce basically, uh, was lumped with most of the responsibility. Ponga was busted. They struggled really, really badly at the back end, and they got pumped first week after a half-decent start. But overall, for O'Brien, given the circumstances, I thought it was a good first year. Moving into this season, as far as games, Blake Green on board, ACL, got to wait a little bit for him. Tyson Frizzell, uh, probably the big signing, and they've got some younger guys that they've brought over and some value. Dominic Young from England, interesting character, center winger, Soasso Sue, Garrett Smith, a young forward, uh, Braden Musgrove, center winger, come back from Manly, who's one of their boys, Jack Johns, and Bailey Hodgson, a fullback from England. So a couple brought over from the Super League. Losses, SESE moves on, Glasby, Guerra, Lino, Mataudia, Moga. Like anyone there of real big note, like Mataudia, 
sort of by the back end of the year there was more off the bench. SESE wasn't really in the rotation. Most of those other guys, I think it was the right time. So as far as that and the young guys they've got coming through, Simi Sasagi, young half, Christian Manania, who's a front rower, they've got big wraps on um, and who they already had, who we've seen, staff of Tower, your best and all that. I think they're going to be pretty similar. I think the big issue for them to start the year is Pong is coming off shoulder surgery. Green's probably not going to be available until round six to eight is the gauge they had on it. So early doors, again, I think there's a lot of responsibility on Pierce. And the off-season incident, obviously, is something that you do worry about at times when you upset the apple cart, but they say that all fences have been mended. I think Braley's going to be a big help if he stays healthy, if he plays anything like he did those first two games we saw. Yeah. But massive for them to get Ponga back in, have stability with him, Braley, and a partner next to Pierce. Man will start there, but you'd think that if Green gets healthy, depending on how Man plays, Man might turn into that 14 role. Because the way with the new rules are going... They're talking about playing Connor Watson now. He's back from injury also at lock and being more mobile. So you're looking at potentially Fitzgibbon on one edge with Frizzell, Barnett, you know, he might even start there or be a bench rotation player, Clemmer, the Safidi twins, and a back line of Bradman Best, Heimel Hunt, Stafford Toa, uh, Edric Lee's going to miss a little bit of time with a foot injury. But overall, as far as the squad and their depth, I think they're, they're not doing too bad. They've got some backup in the halves, Crossland. Tex Hoy can play there or fullback. Green will be on the way. Hooker, Watson can play there. Randall showed he capable in a few games. They've got some backline depth. I, I guess forward's probably the one spot where they lack a bit of depth. You've got King. Mama C is already injured. Um, there's not a lot outside of what they've got there, but O'Brien, the players they've got there, you think they take a step forward or, or at least hold themselves this year in the eight? Yeah, I think they, they hold. They were seventh last year, I think. I think they'll be seventh again. I, I don't know. Yeah, nine's a big issue. I think if they can keep a, a healthy nine out there... Well, Bradley's almost really like a new help. signing again, isn't he? Because he, he yeah. only got to play those two games. But we saw the impact he would potentially have yeah. last year. They were a lot sharper when... And Ponga needs to stay healthy. ...or Watson. And, yeah, Ponga needs to stay healthy. Pierce needs to stay healthy. They had a lot of injuries and a lot of ins and outs last year. O'Brien's first year at the club. So, you know, all those little kinks, they've got no excuses. No. Uh, a couple of nice little additions. But I've got them... Holding more because I just think what's above them hasn't really slipped either. Yeah, and but I think I think a lot, um, a lot will depend on how teams above them uh, go in terms of injuries and whether Newcastle can stay fully fit and and click in those key positions. And they've just locked up best long term, which is a good thing for them as well. Um, he was very big on left edge. Hopefully, see a step up from him there. Like to see Ponga play a bit more both sides of the field as well. They're very heavy with the way he likes to play. But yeah, probably the other one also is don't underestimate the influence that their home crowd will have if they yeah, get a full house. Get going and with COVID they're allowed to have a full house because that, that's going to be significant. Yeah. Well similar to you, I think early on with no Ponga, Braley probably warming back into things and whether the halves combination stays as man or green comes in later, just through some of those changes and origin potentially, you know, Safidi's been in there, Frizzell now there, they could have a couple of guys going middle of the year. Um and just health of some of those players, like you said, a couple of guys off big injuries, Watson, Braley. I've got them holding at seventh again. I think they're good enough to be in the finals. I don't know if they can take the step forward, but healthy, spine settled, one and nine coming back to help out Pierce. A step forward from Toa, Best, and a couple of these younger guys. Watson, Frizzell making an impact. Possibly push closer to the four, but I'm not quite ready to say that. I think they'll be a finals team. So seventh for me with the Newcastle Knights. Me too. Same. All right. Premiers, they're $21. 
for the Premiership. Minor, $26. Top four, $5.50. Top eight, $2.10. To miss the top eight, they're $1.68. To win the spoon, they are $26. And over under, I have here is 11.5. So I'm going to say over if we put them in the finals. Yeah. Because if you go on that format of back to 24 yeah, games. Yeah, I think you'll need 13 again. Our rule of thumb was minimum 12 and 12. Oh, basically. sorry, 12 and 12, yeah. So yeah. if you're saying that, you think they're going to win 12 games. Um, but yeah, interesting one. Just like you said, if last year was just chaotic. They could not hold a combination in the halves. They could not keep everyone on the field. Origin obviously throws that spinner in if they do lose a couple of guys or get some injuries. But overall, they're obviously keen on what they've got. I think Pierce owes them something this year as well after the off-season incident. So hopefully that all brings them together. But we've generally said in the past that off-season issues generally lead to some drama, but maybe they can buck the trend. Maybe. We'll wait and see. But excited to watch, hopefully, that spine fully intact with Braley, Pierce, whether it's Man or Green, Ponga, Best, Tower. They've got some good young guys and watch some of these new rules. They've got a few guys that could really enjoy this new stuff. Yeah. Another step forward by both the Safidis. Barney's mad. And Frizzell, a change of scenery. Hopefully, lift his energy. So, Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Frizzell goes. Yeah. Both with Newcastle at seventh. The next one in the list I've got here, the Penrith Panthers. So, last year, wow. first and finished runners-up after losing the grand final. In attack, they were second. Defensively, the best team in the comp. A record of 18 wins, a draw, one loss, 17 wins in a row. Uh crazy season debut of plenty of players absolutely caught fire dominated just out and out things couldn't have gone any better until unfortunately the finals where they probably played their three worst games they got past the Roosters they really really dragged the chain against South and gave them some chances to beat them and then with Melbourne by half time the game was basically over Yeah. so unfortunately they saved their three Worst games to last. They've got some big losses. Worst games, but they still managed to beat South and still managed to beat yeah, the Roosters. Yeah. So it tells you that they got, they're chock full of talent. They got, but yeah. in big games, they lacked experience, I would say, in key positions. You know, Api Korosau, you know, he's played, obviously played and won a grand final, but he's not a regular yeah, in the finals. as well. Yeah, but hasn't played like prelims, grand finals, I think. State of Origins. Uh, he's, I guess he's won a state of origin, but I mean, Jerome Lye, Dylan Edwards, those sort of guys haven't been in those big games. So I think there was a lot of learning that I, I think Penrith will, will take out. I, I think there's a lot of regret for how they played in the grand final as well. Yeah, that was a terrible start and it was hard to drag back in. No, no offence to him, I gone. thought the first try they got shouldn't have been a try. And then some of the ones after Melbourne, I think, put the key on the rack a little bit late in the game. Yeah, but the refereeing was a bit questionable late in the game as well. One thing we do know, that when you do have such great success and all the good kids that they've had come into this side, you have acceleration of your salary cap position. So yeah. they've had to make some hard decisions in the off-season. I think every decision that they've made has been... I have no problem with it, but right. it's they're going to be light in one area, and we're going to get to that, which is the middle forwards. But they've lost Hetherington, Tarmow, Tedavano, Mansell, Laurie, Farray, Aikens, and outside of that, Malachi... McGrady, Hollis, a couple of guys that weren't bigger factors, but in particular that middle there, timeout Tedovano, part of that middle rotation and the depth they had in Hetherington, they loaned out and you know had that luxury. But you roll out those three middles, which is really the area they've sacrificed, what they've brought in. Eisenhuth, who will probably plug up a middle hole. Semin, who is halves and outside back cover, a bit of utility. Sorensen's a solid forward. Momorowski, center wing. And Rob Jennings comes back, same deal, sort of center wing, some backline depth. 
you look at some off contract this year, they've got some more guys to lock up, but for the most part, they were threatened from a lot of those big names. They locked up Luai, they locked up Yo. You've got Cleary long-term. Crichton's now locked in. Lane, who was apparently at the door, they've got him locked in. So they've done a very, very good job, I think, reshuffling the decks and no different to a lot of people getting emotional about Mansour. The question is, well, if you want Mansour for another year or would you rather him get Crichton and Staines under contract? Mm. So these are the decisions you have to make, unfortunately, yeah. when you have success. But the timeline was clearly pushed forward from how last year went. But looking at this side... Um, and some of the kids they've still got coming through, like Sunu Ruvia and Isaac Tago, those guys upgraded the other day, it's still a very good 1-17. to 17. Like You're thinking Edwards, Toto, Crichton, Momorowski, Staines by looks up from the trials, Luai and Cleary, your halves. Leota probably starts with Fish, Arpi at 9, Martin, Kikau, Yo, and your bench, I guess they probably have Lainu with Eisenhuth, Catewell covers multiple positions, and you've got May there. Um, you look at their depth, outside backs, Hooker halves like Burton for all Bulldogs fans out there. Like if you can't understand why they're not letting Burton go, you're crazy. And anyone using the excuse, well, they're fine to let all the other guys go. Well, like any other club, it's it's for salary cap reasons. But when you're in a premiership window, and you've got a half that could start for half the teams in the comp, you don't give them away. It's plain and simple. What, for me, uh, Burton would be starting round one in the centres. I'd have him in the team. If he wasn't leaving, I think he would be. So I, I'm oh, with look, you. I, I don't I'd, I'd want to have him in the team too because I think he's, he's contracted he's, Panther this year. Yeah, I'm with you. Put him in your best. If he's in your best team, you pick him. But for Origin time, if Nath goes, they've got him there. If they get an injury, he's there. You've got May who can obviously cover Hooker and half, so they're well sorted both those areas. Kenny's proved he's serviceable. Uh, like we said, back Suni Taruvi, who's just been upgraded. Isaac Tago, Naden after his issues. Jennings showed at South when he's in a good back line, he can finish. So they've probably got most of that sorted. The real big areas, yeah. forwards. Uh, Burns is a good player, good back row if you lose a player there. But Billy. Hopgood and Lindsay Smith are two young guys coming up. If they lose a front row or something from that rotation, they're very light there now, which is the they'll biggest sacrifice. They'll, they'll find one. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, that's the one spot they've got open. And, and who? And who they can get, but that needs to be addressed. Uh, yeah, other than that, they'll address that. No doubt about that. Health and suspensions, they come in good. Naden's a self-imposed one after the off-season one the club's put on him. And Sorensen, I think, from the weekend, they said had a bit of a hamstring, but he should be good to go. Mm. Origin, you think Cleary, maybe Yo. Arpy could be in contention. Not maybe, I think Yo will be there, definitely. Crichton could be in contention, Luai in contention. But realistically, I think maybe two of them. I think I'll get more than that in. But, but anyway. It all depends. So looking at that side of things, that's I something you've got to factor three in. three to four in Origin. Where do you have them finishing this year? They're going to be the hunted. Uh, they've lost some experience. There's a lot of younger guys there. They're going to have to carry the float. There's no bubble situation, which I think really suited the young team they had last year and having everyone locked up and containing the hype. We're talking full Penrith Stadium, packed house, the freedom to get around the community if they're successful. Uh, what do you reckon? I've got them second. Second? Backing it up. Second, yeah. I think they'll... I've got them third. They'll play in the grand final. Again, I was yeah. tempted to sit them at, say, fifth, but I think the combinations they've got stinging from the loss. If they would have won it, I would probably say I'd expect a bit of a drop. I was a little bit worried, um, you know, with some of the negotiations and the way things were going and things dragged out, but they've got everything across the line. Yeah. I, the, the, the issue of... Well, the concern that I have is more off the field. I think... Well, now are they're they going to the stick... No, are they going to stick with the Trent Barrett attacking model? Because he's now left. He's gone to Canterbury. There's been a few barbs, I guess, shot across the bow between well, Canterbury and Penrith in terms of yeah, team, who he's so. signing, etc. But that's his job. He's brought off I get that, now. but he's done it twice when he's uh, left. I get it. 
But they, they employed him a second time, knowing that. that he did it the I'm first saying. time. So <laughs> I'm just saying. Whose fault's that? Anyway, are they going to stick with that model? If they do stick with that model, understand that every team in the competition has done their homework on Penrith. Yeah, second and service. And they're going to know. Or... I uh, know it's left and right service, basically. Well, we explain and it for the listeners. What's, well, it what just it means that Cleary plays on the ball all the time on both sides of the field. And Edwards was playing... Edward was playing right centre. May was playing right half. And left side and was... And Luai was playing left exclusively. Yeah. And Cleary was basically playing the whole field and doing the kicking. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't like it. I, I didn't like the system... The inflexibility in the system, because if you watch the grand final live, they like played we did, all left. They played exclusively all left. Melbourne knew it, and Melbourne's Melbourne were edge was the so other side. short on the right, yeah, because they were just overcompensating for kick out on the wide on the left. And, and Crichton, that's the thing for this year. They showed at times last but, year they could get right. Melbourne have given you the model to shut that down, right? Yeah. So this is where this is where my head is at at the moment. Andrew Webster's gone in there and he's running the attack now. And we both know Andrew Webster from the Tigers. I know he was a defensive coach. He was a defensive coach, but he's a super intelligent dude. Really lovely bloke. Uh, and I think he'll do a good job at Penrith. But has he gone in there and, and thought, this is working, the players like the Trent Barrett model? Because I know it. the players love the Trent Barrett model. Are you going to stick with it? Or are they going to make? are they going to tinker with it? Well, if you're playing or are they going to are they going to eliminate it and try and ha- take the pressure off Nathan Cleary and have Jerome Luai have equal responsibility? That that's where I, I want to see them start playing and and start to have a look at that that element of it and you know how the rules impact that style. Will the, will the rules enhance that style? Will they inhibit that style? Will they have to change that style on the run? But all in all, they've certainly got the talent there. I think it's just how they how they formulate their side. I think Burton has to play. I think he's in their best 17. It's difficult if they're going to carry May as your utility on the bench to not have him in the 13. You can't carry May and Burton on the bench. Well, probably so be either May need to start Kate May well. or you need to start Burton or not play Burton at all. And I think to not play Burton would be a mistake in my opinion. Yeah, and I think the main reason why is like you said, I know he's contracted for this year, but with everything that's going on, I think they've basically... Well, release him. If you're not going to play him, release him. Yeah, but you also want that option for Origin in yeah, a situation where if he gets injured, you've got a very good half. I get that. So I get that. I get that. But I just think he's the best, best... He's in their best 17. Yeah. So we know one thing, though. Yeah. It's a great starting forward pack. I think Fisher-Harris playing big minutes there will limit what they need to get off their bench, but they need him to stay healthy now they've lost that impact. Laota will yeah. do a good enough job. Eisenhuth will do a solid job. Lane, who's obviously going to bring a great impact. Arpi with these rules showed last year what a difference he makes for those two guys and open up the field for them to play both edges. The left-hand side, Toto flips over there to play with Crichton, Luai. You can only imagine that's going to keep getting better with Kikau. The right side, we see Staines. With Staines, what they get is a hell of a finisher, someone... Who's definitely got speed. But he's also a guy that's only played two but first He's also games. missing one thing that I think that Mansour did do well, which is Solace. yardage work. Yardage work was his bread and butter. It's not really Staines' game. He's a guy that we think is more likely to be the fullback long term over Edwards. And that's my only other real question. If they go back to the old setup and you've well, got okay, two you good devil's advocate, good nine, what if Staines Edwards, doesn't work on the wing? Well, you try and get fullback if you don't like Edwards. But I think Staines to me I'm telling you right now, Dylan Edwards will be the one. Yeah, they're not going to move Dylan Edwards. I agree with you, but I think if you have him at one, then you're lacking a, a genuine ball playing threat. And they've got the other three key ingredients with a good nine, two good halves either side of the field. They need a genuine threat at the back. Mm. And I think that also goes a long way to winning competitions is yeah. having all those players. 
I think long term, definitely to go with Staines was the right move over Mansour, but you may see you know a little bit of a teething problem there early this year. Mm. That's all. Yeah, just while he, just while he gets his games up and because uh, that, that's what happens with with youth. And, you know, like Gus used to talk about, you, you need three seasons in first grade to become a seasoned pro. Mm. Yeah, for some some players it takes even longer than that. Well, so. I don't think attack's going to be an issue. I hope they keep their willingness in defence. Last year was outstanding. Mm. Their energy and their ruthlessness and how aggressive they were. I would have not picked them to be the best defensive side, but they were basically top of the pop in both. So hopefully that remains. But yeah. the only thing I worry about, again, if they get middle injuries, they don't have a lot of depth there this year. Every other area I think they've got well covered. I think they can adjust <laughs> for any of the losses they've had. But if they lose a couple of middles, that may be a problem. Yeah. But... These new rules, I guess, make it a little less important. They've got some mobile guys, but still. All right, what's um, the over-under, doggy? So you've got them second. I've got them third. The over-under is 17 and a half. Oh, I'm going to say under. I reckon they'll be right near it, but if I'm having them at third, uh, the best record's usually first, second, and up around 20, 19, 18. So I reckon they'll be right on that mark, so I'm going to go under, maybe 17. Uh, I'll go over also they'll win 18 there you go the odds for the Panthers in terms of winning the competition $5 minor premiership 425 160 for top 4 112 for top 8 to miss the top 8 575 for the spoon $101 ruse next up in this list I've got is the Parramatta Eels who finished 3rd last oh. year ninth in attack 3rd defensively 15 and 5 a great start had a bit of a fizzle out after Moses went. They kicked on with Brown, but once Moses came back in, he never found the form. Marnie got run down and beaten up. Their forward pack flattened out. The offload stopped. Um, their edge defense was ordinary. And, yeah, it just all sort of fell apart. The, the, the off-season has been, you know, talk about Arthur and pressure there, and Flanagan's been linked to the job already after the last few years. And they did a big clean-out. They brought in a lot of... Fresh blood. I, I don't know if it's a huge upgrade or if it's much same same. I think they're going to need more development within their starting seventeen or thirteen, which is solid in particular the forward pack and more out of Moses and Marnie. Um, but they've also got a few young guys they seem to be pushing through. But those younger guys that they're pushing in aren't going to be a big help to them this season because they've played no NRL. So um, that's a little bit of a worry. You got Arthur's son who I don't think is going to play, but. Sean Russell, a good outside back. Sam Lozu, Australian schoolboy. William Penasini, who I think is probably the, the best of the lot to play, especially with Jennings out, maybe as a centre. Younger Hollis, Sammy Hughes, a couple of young front rowers. We're talking about 19, 20-year-old kids. Um, Gaines, Cartwright, they brought in as well. People aren't a big fan of it. Again, when you talk value for money and what's potentially there, you can't blame him for taking a swing with the salary cap situation, but he's already broke his jaw. So He broke his jaw. He's not going to be playing. <laughs> Lussick, Joey Lussick comes back as a backup hooker, an area we said they need to address. They also got Nathaniel Roach over in the Warriors. He's been very injury-prone. Opachak, cheap option there at centre, runs solid lines, almost plays more like a back row. Hipgrove comes down. Can they rein him in? Isaiah Papali, who's still only 21, raw as hell from the Warriors. That's not a bad one. They lost Alvaro. Andrew Davey, who was pretty solid. Davies, Kane Evans, Jifield, Gower, Halita, George Jennings. Mick, as we know, is obviously suspended potentially. That's got to go through. Ethan Parry left before the season even started last year. Jamin Salmon, Takarengi, Terrapo, and Yu Tukamano, who had big raps on him. So there's a lot of guys there that I think they've brought in similar sort of guys as far as on the fringe. But of the few they used, Davey, Evans, 
Uh, you know, Takarangi got use. I think you've got similar replacements in Hipgrave, utility type, in Cartwright, Papali'i, you know. Um, I think you took Amano if he turns out anything to what I've seen through the juniors is a big loss, but they'd already lost him 12 months ago. So for what they've brought in, what they've lost, yeah. Um, Gutherson at the back, Ferguson, Sevo on the wings, Wunga in with Opachak, Brown and Moses, Paulo, Reed, Marnie, RCG, Lane, Madison, Brown. The starting 13 pretty much names itself, but I think is going to be something they work on Why mix out. Their edge defense also last year, we knew that was disgusting. That needs to be fixed. And Mick fixed a lot of those problems. They even started flipping him during the finals to try and patch up, particularly the Moses, Wanger, Ferguson edge. Um, Attacking-wise as well, we saw last year how heavy they were on Brown's side, who to me become the real strike option of the team. Yeah. Moses' side was very flat. He lost his confidence at the back end of the year. Marty, they've got a, some sort of backup option for him this year, but I think he's a guy that you're just going to make 50, 60 tackles every game and teams are going to go after him. Yeah. So they've got to find a little more balance there. Um, and their bench, I, I think if Oregon Confuci takes a step forward, Murata is solid. Um, they find one or two others to maybe rotate there. They'll probably carry a utility. Who that is? Is it Smith? Would it have been Cartwright if he was playing? Does Hipgrave get a run off the bench? Um, I don't know. But, but depth, they've got Stone, Cartwright, Papali, if they're not playing. Hooker, like we said, Lussick's an option. Harves, Smith, Rankin, Arthur, if they get really back there. Outside backs, Oldfield, Dunster, who showed some good stuff. Penasini, who I spoke about, Russell, some younger guys. So depth may be a little bit of an issue, but this 1-13, to 13, and in particular the spine, is where it's going to happen. If the forward pack plays like they did last year and they can generate some second phase, they need more in particular out of Moses. They've made an offer to him, but I think the pressure's really on him. Brown took a step forward. People are going to be on to him a little bit more this year. So he's going to need more help from Moses and Marnie and Gutherson, why he's all effort. Um, I think all those guys have to improve in the spine if they're any chance. And yeah. defensively, just the edge defense was so poor at the back end of last year. Mm. I think cohesion in the um, key positions, fitness and cohesion in the key positions is going to be really, really important. Building that combination between nine halves and the one because they had a few significant injuries in those positions and uh, you know early doors there they had a lot of fluency last year the Eels they looked really really good but they just fizzed out and then they've got to be able to bite down and tough out a, a, a finals win and be dominant and ruthless and fast and aggressive and intense in big finals matches they're um, you know their history says that when they come up against one of those top four sides that they just get beaten down. So that's that's the knock-on deals. I, I don't think anyone will doubt their talent. Uh, Brother Arthur, yeah, he's probably probably is under a little bit of pressure now to take them to that next level. Well, fifth, fourth, I, third, I think if they, if they finished anywhere outside of prelim this year, it'd be, it'd be a huge disappointment for the Eels. Mm. And because, you've, as you said, you've got all those guys there that have, have got another year under their belt I think the style of the style of play, style of play, the way the game is going is going to suit their roster. They've got a few things that they need to fix, like you said, edge D. You know, some of their push passes and shit options at times, like they they lack patience. Yeah, and they got two side to side last year after the start of the year. They um, just played so well through the middle first up and generated second phase. So, yeah, I, there's enough. There's certainly enough there, and 
yeah, I'm looking forward to watching the Eels play. I think they'll be they'll and be in the top eight. It's I've a big got year. them. Uh, where have I got them? I have them sixth, but I, I think they'll be in that bottom. Yeah, half. Yeah, I've got them sixth as well. But like massive year, they've got Brown off contract, who's been very very good. Nathan Brown. They've made him an offer, but with a reduced salary cap, it's a little bit less than what he's on right now. So that's no guarantee. Ferguson from all mail has basically been given the push and won't be there. Sevo's getting chased by everybody. Um, there's a few other guys they've managed to lock up earlier, like Dylan Brown, Lane, Mahoney, Murata. There's a few guys there, but if it doesn't work out this year, um, and if Moses doesn't play well, I know they've tabled an offer, but I, I probably would have held off on the offer, to be honest. I wouldn't be rushing to extend Moses for another three years, but apparently they've offered, I think, two or three years around 750. I would have waited at least the first eight weeks before I went there, but that's yeah, just but my no, opinion. Yeah. Then what are you waiting for? Because you want to you want to pay less for him, or you want to oh, potentially want to move off if you extend him and he's got another year to go on top. You're talking potentially another four years, twenty two, three, four, five. Yeah, a lot of a lot of what happens there will be what happens with Arthur. I think Arthur's made it pretty clear that he wants Mitchell Moses there, mm. but if they decide that you know they want to move on from Brad Arthur a coach might come in and say we don't want Moses they've also flipped the back rowers so Madison who was playing uh, I think on the right hand side is now going to the left hand side or was it the other way around I thought Madison played on the left Ma- Madison was on the right Lane was playing left with Brown so from what I saw the other night it looked like they flipped sides Yeah. I don't know the thinking behind that I don't know whether it's to have you know Brown on that side to help out with some... Oh, sorry, Madison on his edge because that was the more potent edge and put Lane over there to be more just a lead crash play for most... I, I don't know the thinking behind that, but if it's defensive decision to tighten things up, I thought that side was pretty good. But I think, if anything, whatever you think is your best defender, I'd want to have next to Moses. And if they're going to have to blood another centre, if Opacek's not the answer, if Penasini comes in, is it Dunster who gets a crack there? I don't know. But in particular, that left edge defensively... Um, it's going to be oh, their right edge defensively where teams attack with their left-hand side is going to have to be cleaned up and their spine has to improve. I think Brown showed the way last year. Moses and Marnie need to take a step forward to help out a little bit more. And a few more of those forwards step up. But both got them six. Over under is 14 and a half. I'm going to go under. If they're in the bottom half of mine and they'll win right around that mark, I'll say 14. Yeah, I'll go under. So under for you as well. The odds for Parramatta... To win the comp, $15 minor premiership, 11 top four is $3, top eight, $1.80. The spoon, 41 to miss is $1.95. Yeah, 14 and 10. 14 and 10. I'll go over with the over unders. And over. I'll go over, yeah. All right. Got you there. 15 and 9. Cowboys, next up, 14th, missed the finals. The last three years, they were 12th in attack, 15th defensively, 5 and 15. It was not a great year. Uh, they brought back Valentine Holmes. Morgan supposed Things to stale. help fuel. They They're had like a nice loaf of bread. Robson come over, and yeah, for the most part, the injuries, injuries. Things got a little bit stale with an intense coach. Yeah, different halves combinations, different hooking combinations, multiple yeah. different fullbacks. They blooded a lot of kids. Blokes just not pulling their weight, and it was the same old story. If it wasn't Tamalolo, who was it? McLean hasn't been healthy. Maguire was okay. Hess was average again. There's a lot there that needs to be fixed, but. The thing that kind of bothers you, same as this year I looked at it, it's not really a bad roster. In particular, options they've got within their halves. Looking at the forward pack, again, Maguire, McLean, Dunn, Hess, Tamalolo, Molo Shed is capable. They've brought Burr over, who's pretty good. I liked Cotter. I liked Robson. I think Granville 
sort of goes on the out of there and you can even play Cotter more if you wanted to play two nines like Robson and him is like a 13-9 combination and play faster with the new rules. Um, Gilbert, who they blotted, Condon, they've got a lot of good young guys there. Um, their outside back options, like East, that's that's the one I'm worried about. Like If Holmes is your fullback again, is Drinkwater and your halves with Morgan? I, I, I think they will try and squeeze Clifford sort of out, but they, they were reluctant to let Clifford go to Newcastle the year early. So mm. clearly... Peyton thinks they could use him or they want to have him there. Yeah. Um, they use Drinkwater at fullback in the trials. He's still adamant he wants to be a half. Is the hammer the option at fullback if it's not Val? Or is it Drinkwater? Just Val on the wing, you have felt. Who's your centres? Isan's been ordinary. Can they turn him around under Peyton? Does Hamiso play there if he's not at one? Does O'Neill get last chance saloon being off contract? Torlungi, who's played a handful of games like the backs and where things fit and Morgan staying healthy and having consistent halves combinations. The only thing I'm confident of is the forward pack and the nine and the guys that are going to be on the bench. And as far as what they brought in, they've mainly upgraded a few of their young kids who are good. Michael Bell, young center, uh, Lukey, Nanai and Neen. There's a few guys there that are a couple of young edge forwards and a junior prop. They've lost Asiata, Cooper, Opechek, Russell, Tukey Simpkins and Garrett Smith. Most of those aren't huge losses, uh, particularly Cooper. It was definitely time to go. As Yarda had some injury problems. But it's a big year for a lot of guys. Drinkwater's been chased. He's off contract. Granville's off contract. Uh, I just There's a lot there. O'Neill, who hasn't played well in a young time, a couple of the young kids. What do you think? Do you think Peyton can have some magic and a change of coaching and freshening oh, things up health, like he did at the Warriors? Health will, yeah, new coach will freshen them up. I think a full... Home stadium is going to be a real plus for them. And then they're just going to rely on health. And they need s- their best players to be healthy. And they haven't been for the last few years. Things got stale on the green. Fingers started to get pointed. And th- that's what happens. Like, you, you, you win a comp, you probably overpay a few players. It puts a pinch on, you know, you have to let a few good juniors go. Yeah, they've made they some bad to. decisions in that regard, haven't they? Uh, exactly, yeah. Like Brandon Smith kick and out. Caleb Brandon Ponger. Smith, and like kick there's out. multiple there's, that have headed out the door. There's three there who are, who are arguably in the top five in their each of their respective positions. So, yeah, I, there's there's been a few things that have sort of banked up and, and the bubble burst. And Green's gone. Peyton comes in. And, you know, I think Josh Hannay moved on as well. Is that right? He, the he Sharks, moved, yeah, sure. Yeah, so... You know, he came in as an interim, but the club probably thought, well, we're just going to put the broom completely through here, and I think it would be good for the players. Uh, yeah, I, I've got them ninth, but I'm, I'm relying on their, I guess, their key players being fit and all playing well, because they can play a style of footy that's really going to be conducive to these rules. Fast, direct, or, or, you know, running-based key position players, They've got some really good middles. Uh, you know, Maguire and Tamalolo, you know, are going to be able to punch through sides. So, you know, I like the I like the Cowboys on paper, you know, when you look at their best side. But, you know, it's just whether they can, A, get the best side on the field and keep them healthy. Yeah. Well, I'm... And, and you're just relying on the Todd Payton appointment, giving them a new, uh, probably a new style but also just a new approach, a new attitude. Well, similar to what you've said, change is as good as a holiday. They haven't had a lot of turnover, but I'm sure they've got some new concepts. We saw the Warriors change drastically in simplifying things, defending well, good line speed, and he let them actually play a little bit of football. And that's what, so I, that's what I like. A little about. bit of less structure here, Morgan healthy mm-hmm. with, say, a drink water, that forward pack going forward, Tamalolo, 
But I think it's those other guys. And you've that you've also got to take into consideration that Todd Payton knocked back the Warriors' job to go there, and he had them flying. Yeah, and, and he, he wanted, wanted this job, wanted this roster. So he clearly feels he can do something here. But yeah, and the biggest one again, we've talked about year in year out. He's not been the same since 2017. But Morgan needs to be healthy and playing well. Yeah, if that works, that frees up whether it's Drinkwater or Clifford. Val at the back or drink water at the back, but those kind of things as well, just spine stability. I think you know Robson's the nine, and you've got a good backup option. Oh, I love Robson. Either way, if it's Cotter, who I really like as well, or Granville, they've got good options for that sort of thing. Granville for me shouldn't play a game in first grade this year. I'd be sticking with Cotter He's a and Robson. Cup I'd use both of them, Robson yeah, and Cotter. He had his time. They've talked um, also about lowering Tamalo's minutes, which gives him a bigger impact. Yeah. We Smart. saw Burr play really well for him over at the Warriors, who he's brought with him. So between Burr, Molo, McLean, Maguire, you got extra middles. Like I like Dunn. He's been injury-prone, but if they can get good out of him. Hess is the other. Like, Hess needs to show something. Yeah, He had a boom year, and since then he's done nothing. He got picked for Origin, which I thought was a joke. Um, a lot of the injuries and all that gave him a cracking game one, and they didn't play him again. But there's a lot of pressure on some guys here, but... Spine consistency, health in the forward pack and in the spine, keeping some combinations and a change under Peyton. I've got them 10th. Yeah, there you go. But when you look at, like we said, what they've got there, they've got pretty good halves depth. You've got Arcee, who played last year as well, is also an option. A couple of players, a hooker. Forward pack, maybe not as much depth and outside backs as a couple of younger guys, but healthy and playing with their best pack and spine. Uh, The only thing that sort of worries me is probably their defence on the edges, but... With the guys they've got, if things click, they should be able to score some points. So, 10th, and you've got them 9th. Yeah. Odds on that one, $26 for the premiership. Minor, 26 Top four, $7. dollars they are two fifty For the 8 to miss, they're $1.50. The spoon, $15. And the over-under for the Cowboys is the awkward 9.5. 9.5? So you'd say they're just missing out. You'd say 11 or 12 if you've got them where you are. I've got them at 10, so I'm, again, I'm... I'm going over. I'm going to say 10, so I'm going to go over as well. But yeah, that's that's right on the money when you look at that one. But, uh, and there's another one I forgot, sorry. You've got Hampton there as well. So they've got good coverage in a lot of those areas, but it just needs to stick. Um, they got their new training centre as well, so I think they're all set up and all things are pointing in the right direction. But we're going to get a, a look here, whether it's the coach or whether it's the playing group. And I assume if things aren't looking good and there's health issues with a few of those guys, in the next 12 months, we'll see a clean out of the Cowboys. Yeah. Besides Tamalolo, I think guys like McLean, Maguire, O'Neill, Granville are already coming off contract. Morgan, when he's off contract, I, I'd assume if things... Didn't work out well this year. Peyton will get licensed to just run a rough shot on the joint and clean it out. And it would be needed. Yeah. So it's a massive year for the Cowboys in that regard. Uh, next up in what we've got, if we have a tumble through, the Eagles. Huh. Your favourite. You're good at stirring up uh, the Eagles fans. You have a great relationship with the Eagles fans mm. and their team. They finished 13th last year. They were 11th in attack, 14th defensively, 7 13, it uh, it didn't go very, very well. Wait, what position did they finish last year? 13th. Okay, good. And once well, they... Manly fans will be happy with me. Yeah. Tom, another injury-riddled year. Farno couldn't get on the field. They had other issues with injury. They had guys in and out all over the place. They struggled with depth and options. Like it just seemed week to week again. They had different guys coming in and out. Cherry Evans was okay, but again, you can only do so much when you don't have a nine, a one, and or a consistent partner. 
Uh, they had a couple of guys play next to him at different times. Cust was okay at times. Croker got an opportunity. Wasn't that great. We saw Schuster, who's an option and a big name that's been spoke of moving forward. Um, but for this year, Adam Fanua Blake, huge loss. Luke Metcalf, who I really like, just gone to the Sharks. Gone. Danny Levi. They've released Brendan Elliott, Miski, Musgrove, Smith, Joel Thompson, underrated. Uh, Waddell and T-Rex, who played no games. They've gained. T-Rex has gone to Windsor. Andrew Davey, <laughs> who's been... A solid option there at Parramatta. Josh Alloway comes across a cheaper option, I guess, for a middle than Adam, who they needed to get rid of because they're top-heavy on their salary cap. Kieran Foran comes back. Jason Saab from the Dragons and Christian Tuipilotu from uh, the Roosters. So they've got two potentially good young wingers. You've got Foran reuniting with Cherry Evans, but can he stay healthy? The talk that he was going to play nine, to me, is just insane. Like, you don't have Farnu, and I know they call Des the Mad Scientist, but if he's going to play him at nine, he needs to give himself a triple. Because the bloke can't finish a full season playing of the halves. How's he going to make 50 yeah. tackles? He's, he's made of paper mache. Yeah. All right? You can't tackle 50 yeah. times a game and you've got paper mache shoulders. The obvious candidate, we spoke about this last year at the back end. Same better, better just, structure on a cheese. Oh, mate, Custer's just got some <laughs> angry about him. He's got some super anger. He's keen. He could dart out of there. If you're going to have to manufacture a nine out of what they've got, he's the one. Mm. Farnu, we don't know what's going on. They've got him signed, waiting to see if he can play. Tom's racing people in the middle of Manly and saying he's fallen over in bathrooms to tear his hamstring again. Like, just cop it. fucking dusted by that bloke yeah. in there as well. It was great. They rang him up last year. But, you know, the, the sad part is, like I said, for all that rehab and all the work you've put in, I know you could say it could happen in a hey, game. Hey, you but... lost... I don't know what's worse. You tore your hamstring or you lost a race. Yeah. I'd probably be, if I'm Des, pulling him in going, mate... You lost to a drunk guy. I'd be course, getting me S&C in and saying, hey, listen... And it's been both hamstrings. So that's a real oh, concern. Yeah, but a real I, I just look at two things. If foreign... He's going to be his partner. They've got Schuster who they can bring in, but the health of the spine, the fact they've got no nine, I think Cuss can do a job. But again, for a full year, lots of pressure on Cherry Evans again. The forward pack, you're potentially looking at Tapau, Paseca, Sirinan. The back row is open for Davey or either Gazuski, I guess, to play on the other edge. The lock's going to be Jake. Your bench, whether if it's not Alloy A, if not playing one of those middles to have Paseca come off. Is going to be similar. Davey, LIA, maybe Kepi. I think, again, they're lacking in depth. They've got health issues in the spine positions. Um, and then the back line, the year before, sort of overachieved. But like Parker was inconsistent last year. Sully's good with the ball, but he can be sort of lazy. Garrick will probably get one win because he can kick the goals. Saab maybe on the other. Um, I'm not a huge fan, to be honest. Um, similar deal here again. Like, he's come back. They're a bit top-heavy, which is why they've made one of the moves. They've paid... The Jaboyevich is a stack. Cherry Evans is on a stack. They partly got rid of Fanua Black for that reason. Alloy is a good player to come in, but like to bring in foreign and the few young guys was okay, but I think they're getting to a similar position. Where in the next year, if things don't go well, and they've got Tom who can't stay on the field on a squill, Cherry Evans on a squill, Jake, like they, they they're need... They're going to be the, the Bulldogs 2.0. They've had some good juniors, but... Seven players on eight million and like, and twenty nine players. If you say three players, you can't million. get anyone in, and you're just putting bits together. Yeah. You're never going to challenge for a title. Yeah. You might make finals, but if you're relying on the health of one or two, and then again, like your hooker, Farno, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's it's not as long winded as the Debellance situation, but it's not ideal when you've got a key position player unavailable and you've got doubt over him and you've got no replacement. It's not so, great. It's certainly um, not great. I can't put faith in. Fuck. Turbo health, foreign health for the full season, the depth they've got here, and just the history of injuries at this joint. So I'm, 
I'm predicting... You're relying on DCE to get you. They're going to come 12th. I think it's going to be a rough year. I've got them 12th as well. Um, so they're going to climb the ladder from 13th to 12th. And again, Tom, a couple of these guys missing. Uh, yeah, uh, and you may see some bright sparks. If Tom does manage to get back on the field and they can get that left edge going between him, Cherry Evans, kicking for Saab or getting out of his way, etc. But like the forward pack, I think like he was struggling to make the dragon side. And I think Tapio is mobile enough for these rules. I think the game's heading away from a Paseca. LIA will be good for him. He's a good boy. Davey. But Davey's yeah. solid. But like, is LIA as good as Fenor Blake? Not as far as his overall package. I think he's a good player. But yeah, again, I think you get a solid replacement. But that's what I mean. It was like cap-wise, we take him for less. We move this on. Probably, as we said, culture-wise, it's probably not a bad thing to move Fenor Blake Thompson on. Joel Thompson and Corey Riddell are going to be big Joel Thompson's well. underrated. I like Davey, but Joel Thompson's very underrated. But I just, oh yeah, like I said, depth. Like, if you get an injury, they've got a couple of kids like Ben Trevojevich, two below two weeks. Tafua's coming off an Achilles. Harper played fullback last week. They've got a young kid, Tolatu Kula, who they've got wraps on. But again, he's played SG ball and just had a year off. And a lot of these kids that have a year off, like Dylan Walker, is he going to be in this back line? I don't know. Is he an option if Foreign doesn't play in the halves? Like, it's a big year for him. Their I forward, bumped them down a spot. Yeah, their forward depth is... I bumped them down to 13. Sipley, Morgan Boyle, Olika Artu, if you're not playing these guys. Schuster basically already sounded the alarm that he wants to play halves. If he doesn't get a run, they might lose him. Mm. He might look to go elsewhere. So, uh, I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about Manly. So, <gasps> I'm at 12th. Where are you at? 13th. You got them at 13th. Right. Holding pattern. The overs and unders for the Manly Seagulls yeah, is, is 11 and a half. So, oh. I'm going under. Under, that's saying about ninth or they're around the mark. But yeah, I, I want the Farnu thing sorted. It more for the fact, like similar to the development, you want it sorted because you just want it to be uh, like, just is he playing or is he not playing? I'm not taking away from the seriousness or whatever's going on. If it's, if it's, you know, if you've done the crime, you do the time. But he but was outstanding. The person who they stabbed die? I don't know. I don't think so. But he was outstanding. That is huge. If they somehow that was resolved early and Tom got healthy and that spine's intact, I think you can overcome a lot of things with those guys all in the field. But without those guys in the spine, along with potentially Schuster or Foreign, like if that was all locked in and healthy for at least twenty games, I'd say they'd get close to finals. Yeah. But I'm not confident in the in the bits and pieces around it. I think there's gonna be a lot of movement and change. So Sorry to the Manly fans out there, but the odds to win the comp, $17.23 for the minor premiership. Top four, $5. Top eight, $1.85 to miss $1.90. $34 for the spoon. Sharks, next up. Eighth last year. Eighth in attack. Defensively, 11th. They did not beat a top eight side. They were 10 and 10. It was an absolute yo-yo last year. Up and down like a fiddler's elbow. Again, just inconsistency. All the big names that John Morris got stuck with, like we said, he's had to overcome salary cap and bad contracts. Dugan managed to stay healthy, but Moylan basically missed the majority of the season. Johnson got hurt late. Chad was suspended and injured. Uh, they had Braley basically as the only sort of hooking option, and at times, with the way they go forward, you know, it, it makes it harder for him to get himself sort of into the game. Uh, Kennedy did a solid job at the back. Some of the outside backs, they got some flash in Willie Tarlow. And obviously uh, Katoa, who had a great year. They found some good... Probably the best thing that came out of last year was, again, more kids and some of the bargain buyers. Like they got Talakai over, who's been in a couple of clubs. He was outstanding. Rudolph ended yeah. up being 
an outstanding buy. Royce Hunt at the back end of the year looked look good value, but um, just the health of the Sharks is a worry. Like mm. for Feeder, they were basically trying to retire, and he's playing on. Dugan, they reckon, hurt his ankle last week. Can he be healthy for the year? Moylan, whether he's healthy or not, to me, is not a 5'8". He can't defend in the front line. Um, I don't have faith that he can last a mm. season. They've brought Metcalf over, I mentioned before. He looked outstanding in the trials, and they've got Kennedy at the back. He's on a development deal, which means you can't play him until after round 16. I, I would have tried to get him in my top 30. I honestly would have considered that early doors. But, Who? Uh, Luke Metcalf. I, I thought he looked really, really good. But, um, you know, so like, they can't play not until round 16, I think development plays is the rule. Super. So you're outside that that gap until that time. So him, Ferris, mm-hmm. a couple of guys, you've got to wait until you get there. But or Unless you get a heap stack of injuries. You've got right? guys also already under an injury crowd. So I don't know if Fafita can last the year. Hunt's coming off a surgery. Sifatalakai is coming off a shoulder surgery, so they're not going to be ready. Nakora was poor for most of last year. Lost his spot to Talakai. Can he find form? Woods is in a contract year. He's been so-so. Dugan is in a contract year, big year for him. Johnson's not going to be back straight away. That's probably the best thing about their attack. Uh, there's a lot of question marks, again, just on health at this side. And I think the best parts, like I said, are these younger guys or these outside backs. Your Katoas, your Mulitalo, Ramian had glimpses at times, but he wasn't the best version. Ueli was good, Braley. Um, big year for Jack Williams, who hasn't been consistent. Billy Magulius, who's had raps on him, hasn't played. Talkie was going to be the swap for McInnes to come over before he got injured. Um, just similar deal again I, I think when their best sides on the park they can win games and they can be competitive but last year also they were again it says here 11th defensively they didn't beat a top 8 side but their middle defence their contact their ruck work was just horrendous like sharks of old we'd sit here and say they're not flashy but they'll make the 8 because they'll just grind you to the ground yeah. and then they had those few years where they got a few quality players Maloney's Holmes, Bird kind of come through and they had enough to get points. The last few years, it's with Moyle and Johnson, all these kind of guys have had a bit more flash, but the defensive edge has just gone out the window. And I sincerely hope the murmurs around Morris are not true because to make the eight the last year under the circumstances he's had with contracts that he hasn't been his doing, salary cap uh, lower than what it's supposed to be and the kids he's blooded, I'd like to see him have the opportunity to roll over these few guys that weren't his players, get into the market and blood a few more of these kids through. I don't know whether that's going to be the case. Mm. But this year... It seems like they've got their main... Uh, sorry. Their uh, mind made up on Brett Morris. Uh, John Morris, yeah. John Morris. Uh, on John Morris, don't they? Yeah, it seems that way. Um, and again, I worry about... like Because of all the media leaks and just keeps coming out and coming out and coming yeah. out. That they're going to fire him. He's made the finals two years in a row in his first two seasons, but I, yeah, they, they look a little bit stale. They look, they look to me a little bit like how the Cowboys looked, you know, and I guess they both won premierships pretty close to each other, didn't they? 15 and 16. So I think they're in pretty similar positions, but the Cowboys roster excites me a lot more than what the Sharks roster does. So And even, I've just not even mentioned the name, Wade Graham didn't have the greatest year health wise and consist like there's a lot of guys there they played a pretty strong side on the weekend against the Bulldogs and got beat Yeah, in a low-scoring game. From my perspective, my concern isn't about their their uh, toughness, the physicality, and it's just going to be their ability to score enough points. Yeah, and with Johnson missing, Moylan, Townsend, Braley, Kennedy, you know, yeah. can you generate enough? Like, UL is a really good forward, but like Woods and Fafita... The way they play in these new rules and getting quicker and the health of Fafita in particular, 
I don't think it's going to suit. I don't. Um, I agree. Yeah, I think Chad and Moylan, can they do enough? They've got good options there in backup. Like, I think Trindle's a good player. I think Metcalf, if he gets a run later on, but between Kennedy and what they've got to start with, um, yeah, I, I sort of think it's not going to be a great year. I, if they're healthy and everyone stays on the park, which, again, they're already missing players to start with, Hunt, Johnson, Talakai, um, I think they start behind the eight ball. I think they'll struggle to get back on board. Yeah. So I've got them coming 11th. Uh, 11th? Yeah. I have Sharks them. at 11th. I'm 12th, sorry. All right. Brain fire. The odds, $34 for the Premiership, 41 for the minor. Top four, $8. Top eight, $3.25 to miss $1.33. The spoon, then $9. The over, under, is 9.5. So, Ooh. that's hard. Again, like, that's a hard one. Because on the money, I, I, best form, I think they could get in the finals if they're healthy and all on the park. Under. But... Nine, nine or ten. Geez, the bookies are good at this stuff. They are. I and they'll, at, they'll all be right on. I look at that and just go, well, I'd, yeah, I'd probably think maybe ten, but that half game, I don't know. And are they affected by origin? I don't really think they will be this year. Yeah. Like Wade would be a walk-up, usually utility or back row start, but the health in his form last year, I think it'd take a pretty good start. There's not really anyone else there that jumps out to me to say they'll be playing origin. No. So maybe that helps them in that regard this year. Maybe they do go over. That's something we didn't have to consider last year, but yeah, I don't know. They've got some big wraps and some kids coming through. That's the main thing I hope he gets a chance. Jensen, uh, a young outside back they've got. He's a strong character. Franklin Pelle is a kid they talked about. I watched him a lot in the trials. He's got a good carry, but same deal. The way the rules are going, he's the kind of guy I look at and go, that's that's the kind of player moving forward I think you're going to struggle to have. Mm. Um, but yeah, just with the halves they've got, the Metcalf... Your Brayleys, Nakora, Keith Rudolph, McInnes coming next year. I really hope he gets to see through a transition here, but I don't know if he will. I really don't. So, Sharks fans, not sure what your guys' thoughts are uh, are on Morris and the situation there, those contracts and the cap. But there's already been links to Seraldo because he's been at the club before, and the interest in him. Craig Fitzgibbon's been linked to it because his father apparently coached it back in the day. I did, didn't know that. That's a bit before my time. But apparently, his father coached the club. So he's someone they're interested in, leaving the Roosters. And then Paul Green, who played for the club. Their one-year deal with Origin. Some of the talk is that he's another guy that would be considered. And the fourth and final one that's been thrown up by a lot of people, but most say the board would definitely not consider it, is bringing back Shane Flanagan. But it's never it's, good just when there's deafening silence around your coach before yeah, balls and even kicked. It's like they're wanting the side to go bad. Yeah, almost looking for a way to go, okay. Well... Uh, and just, maybe they would have done it last year if they could have, but they made the final. So yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's just, it it feels a little bit eerie, and they're in a little bit of a holding pattern before they're moving. And I'm really not sure what the plan is for the moving. Like, uh, is it? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's strange. It's a bit like the pay thing to me. Like he hasn't gone through as rough a patch, but when you've got bad contracts and you've shown no. that you can make the finals and you've brought kids through, I'd be excited if I was Cronulla to say, okay, this is the way we're going. McInnes is coming. Johnson's coming off an injury. If he plays okay, we can probably get him for less. We offload Woods, Dugan, these couple of guys, Moylan, get some money in there, and we get in the market, and potentially we in a year or two, we're a really good side. But yeah. like we're not just at the bottom eight. We're probably pushing top four. But if he doesn't get to see it, we know how this works. If a coach comes in, doesn't like a couple of the juniors or what you're doing, or even 
those other contracts, you could be going through a complete cycle again. Yeah. So, uh, interesting to see what happens with the Sharks. But I, I'm pulling for John Morris. I hope things do work out. Bulldogs, next up. 15th last year, 15th in attack, 12th defensively, 3 and 17. Uh, it just wasn't a great year for the club in general. It was horrendous. There was way too much noise, infighting in the club with the board. Dean Pay, as we said, was basically given a shovel and do, to do the dirty work for a few years with no freedom in the salary cap. Bunch of young kids, blooding some guys and having some bargain buyers. And at the moment, he got over the hill and same deal. They freed up all this salary cap and were able to dump basically half their roster. He was asked. Yeah. Barrett gets the job, completely flips the staff, signs Corey Allen, Nick Cotrick, Kyle Flanagan, Jack Hetherington, Corey Waddell. And I'm pretty sure that I just saw that they brought Arva Sam on a fun eye back from the UK. They've rolled out Cogger, Foran, Holland, Lafayette, Montoya, Remus Smith, Suasa Sue, Isaiah Tass, Tolman, locked in Elliot, Fatala, Marahopawati, Wakeham, Avarilla, Jackson, Lewis, Smith, Chris Smith, Dallin. Um, and as far as what's off this year, they've got the option to offload half their squad again, basically. All the contracts and all the situation they're in, that hole is gone. So Barrett basically has free reign this year with Fox coming as well which will be a decent backline next year with Matt Burton so you've almost got a backline sorted they're realistically going to have Kotrick and Fox on one edge Allen potentially at the back where they keep uh, Hopawade they've got Dallin on another wing Burton Flanagan Avarilla who's an option to play I guess in the centre spot if they want to move him there because he's probably not going to be in the halves next year even though I really like him to me there's two priorities here this year figure out a nine that you're going to be buying because they're definitely going to need a nine and yep. getting some more forwards in. Um, for what they've got right now, I don't think they've got anywhere near enough in their forward pack. And if you've got freedom between 14, 15 players and what they've got in their juniors, they've got a couple of young guys coming through, seen a little bit of Dory. I think he's okay, but I don't think he's going to knock the door down to be a starting back row consistently in the NRL. Uh, James Romanos, um, you know, like I said, Avarillo's one I'm definitely... Definitely keen on. Um, Jackson Tapine, good young back row, Australian schoolboy captain. But again, I think it's early doors for him. I don't think you'll see him in the next 12 months. But with that base of a back line and those halves coming in, with the money they've got coming through, I think forward pack and nine are the focus. Definitely. But this year, I again, unfortunately for Bulldogs fans, think even for what they've brought in what's gone out, They'll try hard. They'll be tough. But I still can't see it being a great year. It's still not a great squad right now. I think they'll have a good year for the squad they've got. It's a build, still a build. And I think the bigger part is to see that effort, some improvement in their attack, um, and obviously making signings. Like, I, I haven't looked at who's available at nine. We know Brandon Smith will most likely be leaving Melbourne. I don't know if the McKinnis situation affects Blake Braley. The talk is he's going there to play lock, not play as a a nine, but depending on the coach, that could be different. Mm. But as far as what their options are on the market, nine-wise, I don't know if there's going to be a lot there next year. Forward-wise, there'll definitely be some. The, the big money is the kid up at Brisbane, Brendan Paikura. They've already got Reek here for feeder. They've had some awesome back rows. But it scares me when a kid hasn't played first grade. They're talking $600,000 to get this kid down from Brisbane. Mm. Like He played in the same Australian schoolboy teams as Pine, but I, I don't think that's good business. If you're going to bank on an 18-year-old, 19-year-old on 600 grand, like I've seen him play, he is good, but that that's a hell of a risk. Mm. So I think, just, yeah, they've yeah. got some decisions to make. No, no doubt about it. I think they're moving in the right direction. Mm. Their uh, their jersey flakes smashed Penrith two weeks ago out at St Mary's. Their ball team's going good. 
Ball teams. Good young center and some players there coming through. Paul, Paul Alamarty. Yeah. They've so got some other good guys. They, they've there. got some. There's definitely green shoots. Yeah. I still uh, think it's and, another and year, having 18 months. Actually, been around it uh, and seen a little bit of it. Um, the, the, they, the players look happy. Um, they're training extremely hard, but I mean, every everyone is. Mm. And they've still had. I just, just... I, the, the one thing they can't really afford is a, a lot of injuries. Yeah, and no, because noise. they still just haven't haven't been able to. Well, num- number one, we would agree the depth isn't great there, but nah. the depth, a lot of it is youth, and the youth is not ready as yet. Nah. So, I, I think if a lot of those guys that you aforementioned like can get a lot of time in New South Wales Cup this year and learn how to play against man. And then and, bring in some guys on And then, top. yeah, give them a, a few games in first grade and build them into next year and develop them. I think you get into trouble when you've got to play guys too early and then you've got to make decisions on, on blokes too early and um, you just burn players when you're in the situation that the dogs are in. So, yeah, there, there's got to be some circumstances go their way. I think if they have some success early, that'll build some confidence, which would also help. Um yeah, but I think they're certainly on the upward trajectory, I would say. Mm. I'm looking at nines here. I've got the off-contract list. It's not really a great class coming off as far what as about, Whatever happened to Nathan Peets? No one signed him. No one signed him. Nines coming off next year, or this year, Billy Britton, Joshua Cook, Jake Friend, Granville, Havili, Sione Katawa, who they've already got, Mitch Kenny, Carl Lawton, Jacob Little, Joey Lussick, who's just been signed up, Kyle Patterson, the Sharks, Mitch Rain, Jazz Devunga. It's not a crash shot class. Smith technically is available, but he's not listed here. The best option for them would be Brandon Smith. But all the talk is his family's probably going to move to Brisbane and relocate, and he will go to them or the Titans. Mm. So they may not have a chance there. The forward market, there's going to be plenty of good forwards on the market, but as again, what they're willing to pay or what they're going to pay. But for this year, I think your building blocks are, you want to see Kotrick perform well in centre. He wanted big money, he wants to play centre. You want to see him play well, most likely next to Hopawade. Dallin and Meany, probably the wingers, I think. Allen at one, you want to see, again, development there. You want Flanagan to just steer this side around, kick well, defend well. Um, I'd partner with Avarillo, but they've got Wakeham. They've got other options there. I think Avarillo should have played six last year. Um, Napa, big year for him, probably playing with Hetherington. A lot of crazy there, a lot of potential for suspension. So that's a worry. Yeah. Marshall King at nine. They don't have a lot of other options in that position, to be honest. Bradley Dietz, I know, has gone over there. He had great junior pedigree. He's been to a few clubs. He might get a look in. Considering... Well, he was signed at Mounties. We signed him. Well, given and their situation. Um, mate, he... He, he was I, a gun I would, be, I would be surprised... If he doesn't. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not in the 17 for the first game. Well, Jeremy's probably going to be missing, and the only other player really is Sione. He, so... Mate, he played really, really well in the trial the other night, well, Dietz, so... Besides, besides his injuries early doors, he was well wrapped. He was an Australian school. And boy. look, I got, I've got no insight, mate. No, I'm just, I've I'm just telling you that he well, he went from He's training with grader. us full time to training with first grade full time. Yeah. Um, and then you know he's he's obviously impressed in yeah. in the trial game. Well, so. him, Connor Tracy, come through. I think at the Sharks, yeah, they all had bad injuries, which is why we've seen him late. I think he's in a similar boat. Yeah. He's been to one or two clubs. He's had some injury issues, but if healthy. And then these new rules, he'll suit. But yeah. um, the Elliot thing that happened, I know it's not really affecting the current squad, but I'm sure there's some guys there are probably still linked to Leisha. That's not exactly great um, to have in your off-season news. They've had a CEO change. They've still had some murmurs about the board and what's going on there. I hope that stuff doesn't rear its head. 
Because when you're in this process with a new coach you're trying to move forward, that's the last thing the Bulldogs That's going to depend on results, isn't it? So, your edges, I think it's finally time. They have to move Jackson a lock. He's a lock. Yeah. Have to. Has to do that to help out the middles. Um, so Elliot probably gets an edge. For Tullamara when he's healthy, he's had an injury as well. They've brought Waddell over there. Um, yeah, I, I think they're a bit lighter on, but I think the effort will be there. I've got them 14th, but... Um, like I got as well. You want to see good from the guys they've brought in. You know Burton and Fox are coming, but I'm more looking as a coach or as a fan here at the younger guys and then who we start signing because their salary cap is basically going to be half free with what they're moving on. Um, and I want to watch Avrilo play. I really like Avrilo. Are we going to see plenty of him? So There you go. Where do you think he plays next year? If you've got Burton, Flanagan and Allen, where's he play? I think he's a six or a he's one. Still six. But if they're both there... Like Flanagan Burton. Burton might play one. I don't know. Like he, as a ball runner, you could probably play again, center. Just but recruit good players and find just make a spot fit. for them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Looking at the Bulldogs, where you got them? Fourteenth. Same spot as me. Odds. But I, but looking at Manly, Cronulla, Tigers, Warriors, that they could finish as high as tenth. The Bulldogs. Yeah, I'm not so confident about that. But oh, what I'm saying is, they I don't think they're that much. Better I don't, or, I don't better think they have as better individuals if they're healthy, though. Yeah, but I still think a lot of those teams above them that I've ranked above them could stink the joint up as well. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of it. Particularly when, when you talk about, I think Manly and Cronulla are sort of on the way down where Bulldogs are on the way up. Mm. Like, is this a year where that flips or is it going to take another year? Who knows? Yeah, I think we're probably 12 that in months away, but we'll wait and see. Premiership odds for the Dogs, $41, 51 for the minor. Top four, $10, top eight. Four dollars eighty to miss a dollar twenty two for the spoon four twenty five over under is nine and a half. I'm going under if I've got them down at four eighth. I reckon. Oh, yeah, I'll go under. It's around the money. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Not there with them. Next up, the Brisbane Broncos. Got the spoon last year. Last in attack and defense, 3-17. and 17. They started 2-0, went into COVID, and came back, and things just absolutely were diabolical. Yeah. Nothing went right. Players injured, drama, knifings left, right, and center. Talk around the coach, issues with the club, old boys attack. Like, I'm not even gonna go through it because anyone who listens last year, and if you're brand new, you you know you know the story. Yeah, there's a lot going on, but they've got their wish. Seabold's gone. The old boys got Kevy Walters in. Um, Kevy just sacked an old boy. He's now <laughs> he's just sacked Corey Parker, well, who um, last year was knifing Seabold, and well, people kind of wonder why. There was talk that. Cardi had a fight with Chris Johns, one of the old boys at a pub, and they said it's not related now the other day, so it was a bit of a clickbait story. It's good. Apparently he said the Panthers team they played him was shit, and Cardi wanted to punch Chris Johns up. So yeah. something on those lines. Payne Haas had his whoopsie, so he's been in trouble. The NRL have apparently had a bit of a quiet talk to Stags because they're worried 
if club culture is just on the up. Go wrong there. Um, they've tried to offload players. They moved McCulloch on. They tried to offload Lodge. But didn't they threw Seabold under the bus for throwing McCulloch? Uh, yeah, McCulloch. They couldn't get rid of Lodge, Go so right. he's staying there now. Anyway, um, yeah, it seems like a lot of the same, same, doesn't it? And as far as you know, gains and losses, what they lost: Boyd retired, Bird gone off in Gowie. They moved on as well. Fafita moved on. McCulloch, O'Sullivan, uh, there's a fair bit that went out the door. Parisi, what they've gained. Copley's come back. David Mead's come back. Albert Kelly was on a training trial. I don't know whether they locked him in. Isaiah Task come up from the Bulldogs and John Asiata. They didn't bring a whole lot in compared to what went out as bad as they went. Um, they've locked in a couple of guys. Herbie, Bullimore, Herbie. Flegler. Milf took his own player option, which you don't blame him on a square. <laughs> a million dollars for the way he played. Tessie knew, extended short-term, as did Staggs, both off contract, willing Good to negotiate again this year, and they re-signed Teo for this year. As far as who's off, this is a huge year. Dearden's already been linked to the Cowboys. Xavier Coates has talked to the Storm, the Cowboys, the Titans. Knew, as we already knew, there was taught last year that he wanted to follow David Fafita, some of their best young players, and then the biggest name of all to me, and I said it last year, that I think he can replace Fafita. Or is just as good, if not on that level, as Riki. Riki's off contract. Mm. And I said to you earlier in my little theory, and everyone hates the Roosters, I know, but if I'm the Roosters, Boyd Cordner is missing potentially half this season, or that's the setup, and the back end of this year. Regardless of how he gets through this year, I'm trying to move Boyd Cordner into a different role for his own sake and for his health and the money you free out from that. I'd be trying to sign Jordan Riki if I'm the Roosters. And if I'm Brisbane, I'd be pretty worried about it. And then I've just mentioned Riki. Brendan Pakura is another guy they'd be looking to bring in who's in that kind of mould, who's an excellent edge player, has been chased by every club in the competition. Namely, again, Roosters, Storm, like just everyone. There's like 12 clubs that have made an offer. And as I said before, the Bulldogs are talking close to 600,000. So they're under fire for kids. They've got a gun young fullback who played in trial the other night, Reese Walsh. The Warriors have lost Sheck. They're in for him. A lot of other clubs are in for him. Uh, it's a big year. New coach, similar sort of side. If things aren't going good early and things get a bit testy again, the, the biggest issue here, like forget results, the coach and everything else, it's these few young guys that they want to keep around. They've still got them coming through. You need them though to move forward and you need players to want to come to you. If things go bad, they're not going to be able to attract anyone and the next generation is going to be playing everywhere else across the competition, which is a scary thought for the Brisbane Broncos. Mm. So Where are you going to finish looking at what they've got, Zarko's likely to be the fullback. Um, the outside backs to start. You don't have Stag, so Herbie maybe knew they're talking about playing there. Coates on a wing. Oates, they're talking about playing the back row. I thought he would have stayed on the wing. If that happened, Meade would probably get a look in at one of those spots. Um, your halves, I thought did and would be a shoo-in to be playing. Apparently today, they've said that Croft's going to get first crack. So I don't know what's going on there. Is it the fact that he's talking to the Cowboys? Is he signed for the Cowboys? Is he... Just not going that well. Milford, huge year. But again, Kev got a lot of the raps for his best year in 015. He's off contract. He needs to deliver. Ford Pack, Pungai Jr., Lodge, Turpin, Glenn, Riki, Carrigan, a bench is, like, again, likely Lodge or Flegler, Tio, Asiata. Um, yeah, they're definitely lighter on hooker. Turpin hasn't stayed healthy. Pakes was a half. They converted. Heatherington's a young bloke who's played in their first grade. Kennedy, Bullamore, Palazia are your backup options. Copley, who's already injured, Arthurs, Kenner. Um, they were bad last year. I think they're going to be bad this year. And to start the year, Staggs misses your best back, misses half the season. 
and your best forward's going to be missing the first three or four games. Yeah. So if you start poorly, uh, it's going to be hard, I think, to turn it around. Look, I think they've downgraded in the coaching stakes. I think they've had more go out the door than have come in the door. They're young, they're talented. I know that they won three games last year. I think they'll probably double. Yeah, double the crazy this thing. year. They, you know, they'll win six, seven games, but I think they'll. I think they'll run last. The crazy part is, even for a side that because they're as dysfunctional now as what they were when they sacked Seabold. Yeah. All the same, same stuff's happening. And so they've taken Melbourne's CEO, which is now in court because yeah, it's just... he's apparently approached them, but that's against his contract. And he's Melbourne told Melbourne they approached him. Then Carl Morris basically said, "No, no." He approached us, so he breached oh. his contract. So now they're in court, and he's trying to fight that, saying they approached me. Melbourne have said, well, you've got a non-compete, and you've technically <laughs> breached it. So if that's the case, he's not allowed to work for him for six months. Wow. So if he's not allowed to work... Um, All right, we've spoken about him long enough. Yeah. Give me the over I'm, I'm worried for the Broncos, but... You know, the other thing that's scary, Origin's back. A few of their guys played this year, despite how bad they went, because a guy like Haas, individually, is so good. Coates was good. If a few of those guys go into origin with what they've got there now, that, that time is going to be not great either. Good. So, I hope they run last. I was going to put them last. Yeah. I've didn't. put them second last. Yeah, good on you. But I really think right there's on. a good chance they could go back-to-back on the spoon. Over under. Sort it out. Odds, $34 for the premiership, 51 for the minor, top four, nine, top eight, three, fifty to miss $1.28 for the spoon, four fifty. So that's what you've got at. Over under for the Broncos, it's the second lowest, is seven and a half. Uh, I'm going to go under. Seven. I'm going to go under as well. I'm going to go seven on the dot. I I struggle to find... Yeah. You're missing basically your two best players. You've got no consistency in your halves. I, I don't I don't understand the Dearden thing. And I don't think Milford's going to turn it around. Pungai Jr. needs owes them a lot. Lodging these new rules. Flagler. Glenn in the back. The one thing I like is Riki and I like Carrigan. But even Carrigan, I think... In this out, uh, like he just works hard, but it's just it doesn't equate to a whole lot. And their defensive attitude last year was horrendous. I don't see a lot of good on either side of the ball here. Ooh, sorry, Brisbane. Sorry to the fans. Next up, the Dragons. The mighty St. George. Did we say that Brisbane have got the hardest draw as well? We were saying that before. Uh, off the strength of schedule thing, which again, it's hard to read into because it goes off who played last year and lots of things on large. I think the only upside to this year that I can take you can take some credence from is most people think probably six of the teams that were in last year will be back. And Newcastle, if you chuck them in, would be seven of the eight. So yeah. they've got 15 games against top eight teams from last year, which is the most of anyone in the competition. And Origin's mid-season, they've got two or three guys that will play Origin. Kevin. So it is going to be a hard year potentially for the Broncos if they start poorly without probably their best two players. But the Dragons definitely uh, hasn't been a great start to their off-season. They finished 12th last year. They were 10th in attack, 8th in defence, 7th and 13th. They blew two leads early. They looked horrendous. All the pressure was on Mary. They found a little bit of form for a few weeks, got a couple of wins. Then the wheels fell off. They fired him. Millwood, Flanagan were controlling the selections. Flanagan was pushing for the job. Uh, that wasn't going to happen. Not approved. They've moved on. They hired Griffin. He got rid of Flanagan straight away. They brought in Matty Elliott and Gentle from the Broncos. They're still stuffed on their salary cap. They're way too top-heavy. Um, how Millwood, again, has nothing in all this, I do not know. But realistically, what's gone? Aitken left, Frizzell left, Graham obviously went mid-year host. 
Lafayette, Loverdu, or Saab, Sailor, Corbin, Sims. They're still waiting on Jack DeBellin, um, so they've got money tied up on that, even though he hasn't played for God knows how long. What they've brought in, Farmer Suli from the Roosters, Alvaro, McCulloch from the Broncos, Kate Ellis came back in the last year, signed Jack Bird. Um, I don't have faith that his body's going to hold up, and anyone that thinks he should play in the middle, you're kidding yourself. After three years, the health and the way he's played, things are getting faster. After what he's been through, it's not a good idea to put somebody with his history so far straight in at lock. No way. He'll start in the centres, and if he looks good, possibly later in the year they might need him, but I've got big concerns here. Like, Pias are solid at the Roosters, but the Roosters don't let go, in my opinion. Young guys they want to keep, so... Um, he might be okay off the bench for him, but the way they look right now with him, Alvaro, in that rotation, Kerr, who they played on edge the other night, who in the new rules was out on an island and he's plays the middle, big trouble. Mm-hmm. Tarek's had a couple of years of injuries, had some surgeries. Vaughan has come off surgery and a couple of injuries last year. You've got McCulloch, who Griffin is the one person he's brought in to reunite the 2008 Toyota Cup Broncos with Hunt and Norman. I don't know whether they're trying to get younger or older because they've got so many good young kids coming through, but they've just signed a 30-something-year-old hooker who's had his worst couple of years injury-wise and health-wise off a torn hamstring, an ACL, to play with a $1.2 million halfback whose best position is hooker, and then didn't make an offer to their own best player who could have at least gone to lock where he played well last year, moved Hunt to nine, but instead they're still holding out for a guy who's been suspended for two and a half years, um, and they've lost their best player to an ACL who's now going to the Sharks. So I'm well confused to what's going on. Norman, to me, there's no way it's going to turn around. He'll be gone, but no doubt he's brought McCulloch down. He's living the 2008 Broncos Toyota Cup life. You'll see how that starts off. Um, but I don't have a lot of faith that things are going to get better. I think also naming somebody who seems a little fragile at times with criticism in Ben Hunt, captain, is going to do them a whole lot of good. And those few forwards I mentioned that will be their best forwards in Vaughan and Sims have been injured the last couple of years and are getting older as well. Your other option on the other edge is probably Jackson Ford or Terrell Fumano. Um, your lock, probably Laurie. If Jack doesn't get off in his case again, I don't know when that is. It just keeps dragging on. With Vaughan, who starts in the front row? It's either Kerr, Poas or Alvaro. So you don't have great middle depth. You've got no backup behind McCulloch now, I basically. Those, a lot of those body shapes are the wrong shape. Yeah, you've got Billy Britton as the backup who... You know, is a guy who's barely played in your first grade. To me here, the only upside realistically are in your back line. Dufty had a bit of spark last year, but apparently they're not offering him a contract. They're potentially looking at Ramsey, who they've just re-signed to take that job, depending on how he plays. Lomax they signed, who was really good last year. But it doesn't matter if you've got a few good weapons on the edges if nothing good happens from the middle out. So mm. I think they're going to struggle. I think they've got no depth. I think the best thing going for them, and whether he accepts that or not, is the young kids they've got coming through in Jaden Sullivan, Junior Mono, the six, the Fagai twins, Tyrell Sloan, SEC. Like, I just look at this and think after eight weeks, if this is going bad with Hunt, Norman, McCulloch, you got to pull the pin. If he just goes, I'm just going to keep going with these veterans in my old Broncos 08 spine, big trouble, little China. Yeah. If it's going down the gurgle, I'll blow it up. Put Sullivan in with Clune, put Hunt to nine, push McCulloch out. All together, but you've just signed for three years, so you know they're not going to be doing that. Three years? You signed for three years. Oh, my Lord. So that's my point. Like, they're, they're, I don't know what they're doing. I'm lost. Yeah. Um, okay. I think we've spoken about them enough. I'm worried. And for our Dragons fans who are I'm usually our, our most prolific and angriest, I think you're yeah. going to be... On with you this year. Very angry. Now, be careful what you wish for when you wanted to fire Mary. 
Yeah. Because now you've got Griff. Griff. And McCulloch for three years. I wonder. So would you rather Mary and McInnes at nine? Or would you rather Griff and McCulloch at nine? Well, it's a big year. I know, um, I know what I'd rather. And again, like depth options, the backup forwards, Blacker, who's raw as all hell, Ellis, Merrin, who was terrible. Britain Hooker, <laughs> Sullivan, like that. There's not a lot going on here. I'm, I'm really worried, and for that reason, I'm very sorry to our Dragons fans, but I have the Dragons coming. Stone Cold Motherless last. In all honesty, they should not come last if Hunt and Norman played anywhere near what they potentially should play to. If Vaughan and Sims. Yeah, you're going to hit your wagon to that. A healthy, etc. But again, we talk about names for so long. When are you going to deliver? Yeah. Um, and again, I know it was only a trial the other night, but. But na- they, they, names, they when you out. say names, when's, when's the last time those guys were together and dominated in our organ? No, that's my whole point. The last yeah. time Norman played a good game was when he almost won the Dally M at Para, like, what, three, four years ago. Hunt, I don't think, has played good since the first year he got there. Super. Let's yeah. move on. It's not looking great. Give us so the odds. $41 to be the Premiers, $51 41. to be the Minor. Should be $101. To top four, $10. Top eight, three seventy five. To miss a dollar twenty-five for the spoon, I think they might be the favourite now at four twenty-five, Ooh. and they are the lowest over under. What is it? Six and a half. I'm going over that. I think they'll win more than that. I'll say over as well, but I'm not awfully confident because that's a very low number. But again, well, I have to say over because I've got Brisbane. Origin-wise, the only guy who probably goes on form. And health would be Hunt if they pick him as a utility. <laughs> we both just gone over in the... Like, Tarek, his others. health for the last two years and the back row options, maybe not. With the way they went with forwards, like, like if Vaughan gets back to best form, potentially, but I don't think there's enough help for those guys in there to get back to origin form. Yeah. So I think, unfortunately for them, um, Lomax last year was pulled in that squad, but healthy with what they've got there, Crichton and some of the other guys, I, you know, I don't think. But I don't know. It's... The whole not even making McInnes an offer. And I, again, I, I will say this for a Dragons fans frustrated about it. They do have cap problems. Like I said, they've got a lot of money tied up in some guys in particular, their halves. So top heavy that I think they basically knew they weren't going to be able to compete. So they took McCulloch on the absolute cheap cheap because Brisbane's basically going to pay half in the next two years. He just gets an option. But again, is that what was best for him long term? No. Oh. Um, Sullivan, Clune, Amone. The young for Guy Twins, Josh Corricky, all these guys coming through. They're a couple of years away, but mm. yeah, I'm, I'm worried for him this year. Yeah. Lots of worry. Okay. So onwards we go. See you later. The Melbourne Storm. Yep. Usually, like I said, in random. Uh, in the defending premiers. Second they finished. They ended up winning the competition. They were number two in attack, number two in defence, 16-4. and four. Two and over before COVID, they came out. People like Michael Ennis said... They were there, Gorn, Kim, Raiders, bash them up first game, storm big trouble. Oh. And uh, they obviously adjusted nicely as the year went along. They weren't outstanding, but they won when it mattered. Yeah, they yeah. ticked along, they ticked the boxes. Uh, Smith even missed a couple of games, Munster missed some time, but they do what they do. The liquid man, they just kept on winning. Yep. Got their way through the finals, and then against Penrith in a big game, uh, rolled out to an 18-0 lead early. And... Mate, they, they blew Canberra off the park, blew yeah. Penrith off the park, so... There's no argument there. One another side, and they just in the big games, they're the the best big game performers um, of the last twenty years by a country mile. And huge losses this year, Tino and Cameron Smith. You got potentially, yeah, 
the best hooker in the competition, one of the best players of all time, and a young forward who, to his credit, signed with the Titans when you were at the bottom before the year even played out. And credit the Titans, they risked it to get the biscuit because they paid big money, but the way he played last year, right now, you're feeling pretty good about it as long as he plays that well again. Yeah. Sully's a big loss, but they've found, showed in the past, they're a factory for producing well, new wingers. But, but to lose, like I said, potentially the greatest hooker and the best player of all time, the one upside is... We've got Cheese and we've got Harry, who Harry went to one of the worst teams in the comp and absolutely dominated, dominated origin, but he's got a knee injury in the trial. So to start the year, Harry Grant's potentially going to miss the first four, five games. But what we've brought in, Harry. typical Melbourne, a couple of bargain boys. George Jennings comes down for some depth and Remus Smith comes from the Dogs, so I yeah. think we'll go straight to that wing. Yeah. And I would agree. Seen some good signs when he was at the Dogs in a quality side. If you're ever going to play your best football, we say this all the time, it's going to be at Melbourne. No, they upgraded another Victorian junior, another young winger, Dean Aramaya, and Jack Howe, the kid I got wraps on, who they've brought through their system, played Aussie schoolboys, back row, centre, rugby union background. He's only a baby. I don't know if he plays this year. Trent Lorio as well. There's a couple there, but Howarth is now up in their top squad. So, yeah, nice. again, not a lot in, but the best thing, they do what they always do. They re-signed the majority of their side. Kenny... Resign Nico, Jacks, like a lot of the bit players. Yeah, and you've got, look, you've got as good of a replacement as you're ever going to have. If you said you could yeah, Harry, have the best young hooker in the game, which Harry Green is. And if I told you your new replacement was going to miss five weeks and you've got the New Zealand Kiwi hooker, different yeah. player, but still, that's yeah. a lot better backup than most yeah, people have got. They're in the best position that they could ever have been in um, without having Cameron Smith. The biggest thing is, at least, Hughes developed the, nicely. The battle now is just to keep the right one. Yeah. Hughes developed nicely, and he's just re-signed today for three more years. Yeah, Munster uh, needs to play for Melbourne like he does for Queensland. That's starting to give him the shits. But I think he's the one with the most pressure this year, not Harry Grant. Munster is now the one who's carrying the torch. Yeah, I don't think there's any pressure um, on Harry I think Grant. Pappenhausen was awesome. And to think we could roll out of the last few years into Pappenhausen, Hughes, Munster, yeah. I'm pretty happy, and Harry Grant. I think Harry Grant will be the long term. I love Brandon, but I think that role and the new rules that he plays – as that dynamic third end off the bench, an extra ball playing half, someone who can jump in and out of nine, just create the havoc he does is perfect. But he's going to get a chance, probably the first time in his Melbourne career, he's only got starts at nine during origin and periods where we haven't had Smith or when he was injured last year. He's never really got to play with a full-strength Melbourne side. Mm. So he's going to get the basically the crux of the grand final team. From the grand final side, there's three guys missing. Sully, Smith and Tino. You roll Harry and Brandon into that role, or when they're full strength, it'll probably be Harry and Brandon back to the bench. Remus takes Sully's spot, and realistically, I don't think Tui Kamikamika's better than Tino, but his first two games before he got injured last year in the first two rounds, I thought he was close to our best four. So I think you can't replace him, but him playing anywhere near that and Welch has increased the back end of the year, I think those two off the bench can do enough for make up for the loss of Tino. Your starting forward pack is still Jesse... Nelson, Felice, Kenny, and Dale. That's a hell of a forward pack. Yeah. Um, good bench. Nico, great utility value in all positions. Eisenhuth, again, back row, center, middle. They've got options there. Lumi Lumi, George Jennings, Eremeyer, Fords. They've had guys they've rolled in, like I said. Uh, probably not the greatest depth, but Penne played a game. Lewis played a few games. Shonig, Howth might get a run. Halves, options. They signed young Jonah Pezzett as a development player from Newcastle as a long-term option. Riley Jacks, I think, is another guy if they had issues. Halves, hooker, third. You can use him multiple different ways. So depth, uh, you know, it's not excellent, but they've kept the majority of their grand final side. You couldn't have landed on a better replacement and why he's injured, and I think there'll be some changes, maybe a bit of struggle. I, I think they might lose some games early in the year. 
not badly, but I think there'll be a transition. Like watching that trial on the weekend, you can definitely see the difference when Smith's there. Like that, just the puppet master pulling all the strings. They looked a bit more erratic, a bit more fast. When they were rolling, though, they looked good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of a hiccup to lose Harry, have Brandon come in, then you're going to have Harry come back, then you're going to have Origin. Harry potentially is going to be playing Origin straight after that. I think that's going to be a, a little bit of a, a bump in the road there to not have maybe this spine so settled to start with. But one six seven nine, uh, one six seven. If those guys go well and the forwards go forward, which I'm sure they will, uh, Melbourne should be right there again. They get to go back home this year, all willing that COVID doesn't fuck things up. Excuse my my French. Um, I don't know if they're a premiership contender when you lose someone like Smith, but all things going well, you think top four or around there again. Um, Origin's my worry because like I said to you last year, as soon as COVID hit and COVID was out of the question, I thought we're a massive chance here. Origin this year though, you're basically thinking potentially Harry, if he's healthy, straight in, Welch, Dale, Felice, plays, Munster play, like there's a heavy toll there. Fox, like you could lose six guys. So that maybe makes me think that I'm not going to say they're going to be a minor premier, but it worries me about top four. When you start off with your nine situation and working through your new spine and playing without Smith and then going to an origin period. So yeah, I've got him fourth. I've got him fifth, just missing. But yeah, if Harry was healthy to go from the word go, I'd probably have him in the full. That's kind of put me off tilt just a tiny little bit. Yeah. Uh, their odds, 650 to win the comp, seven to win the minor premiership, top four, ninety eight. One dollar eighteen to miss three seventy, sixty one for the spoon and the over under for the storm is sixteen and a half. I'm gonna say under, bang on sixteen or around there. If I've got them at fifth, if you've got them at fourth, you probably a similar deal. You're around the money. What does that mean? Sixteen and eight. Yeah, I'll go over. Who am I kidding? I'll look at it in three weeks and go, you dickhead. This is going to be enough. huge. That like we, We've seen Slater, Cronk, Harry, like anyone that's kind of moved out of their English, they've just found a way to mould and replace. No one does it better. Potentially Bellamy's last season. I, the mail is now. People, they're talking about Sharks, Brisbane, all these teams they're linked to. Ben Eichen, who I think is usually got pretty good mail because he's around the game and close to it, reckons they're going to convince him to coach for one more year after and then they'll get him back as a director, which for me would be excellent because I think we need him for more than one year to see through this transition. If he goes and now O'Brien's locked up and Rolls went to England, I don't know if they'd be able to bring him back, but I'd I'd be really wondering who our option would be. Shebop. Shebop. So No, I'm just thinking I would, yeah, it was it was a off the cuff comment. Again, they, they'd probably go for one of the assistants that that were that were also. Yeah. Great forward pack, spine basically intact. You know, Brad Arthur got moved on, I'm sure he'd get a job back down in Melbourne. Never know. He's a Melbourne disciple. Uh, who else? Overall, Steve Kearney, probably not. Again, it's a really strong roster. It's a great forward pack. Good spine. Big year. Hughes and Munster to guide things to follow this transition of Harry now he's injured, Grant, Pappenhausen. All things being good and well, the machine just rolls on. Could be Cameron Smith. So Schmitty, coaching. Yeah. Who wow. knows? He just moved to the hinterland, though, so I don't know. Wait, so... To the where? Hinterland up in the Gold Coast. He's right. hiding up there. That's why everyone keeps seeing him at... Titans troll games and freaking out. Spinny! Okay. <laughs> Tigers. Next up, in my little random pile here, 11th last year, 8th in attack, 13th defensively, 7 and 13 was their record. The best thing that ever happened to them was getting loaned 
in Harry Grant, and now, now he's, he's gone. So that's a bit of a worry. Halves changed too much. Spine changes. Madge is obviously trying to get a response out of the group. They still had the issues of people complaining about training too hard and being worried for their jobs and this, that, and the other. There was another time where the club had to make a decision whether they're going with the players or they're going with the coach. Thank God they've gone with the coach. Uh, he's moved on some players. LIA wanted out. They showed him the door. Kane Bradley was in a swap for Tukey Simpkins. Rob Jennings gone. Ollie Clark gone. Benji gone. Isinghuth. Lawrence McIntyre. McQueen! Momorowski, Josh Reynolds, they got to offload because Brett Hodgson went to England and took that contract for him. I'm sure they've sent him a couple of cartons of Heineken over there in the UK. Elijah Taylor, um, they re-signed Sean Bloor, Luke Garner, Tommy Talao, Twal. They've got a couple of guys uh, obviously locked up there. What they brought in, Tom Amone just signed after an ACL from South for a year. Dane Laurie from Penrith, who to me instantly looks like the one over in Boy, who is your new Kurt Gidley, a guy I don't know what his best position is, but he just always seems to land in the team. Tilling. Offer Hengawi comes down from Brisbane. James Tarmat from the Panthers. Jimmy the Jet. Tukey Simpkins, as I mentioned. You took a mano from the Parramatta Eels and a couple of young guys. William Key for their own system, a young centre winger. And Kelma Tuolungi from Melbourne system who plays back row centre. This, for me, is the old, again, the spine. We know Brooks is there. They've talked about now Dewey's going to move from one to six but then you've got Jock and Byers potentially supposed to start at one, but could he play nine? Because now you've got Laurie. Like, I don't know how they're going to settle on the spine. I think their best combo is probably going to be Brooks and Dewey. I think Laurie, to me, if I've brought him over and from what I've seen, I'd play him before and buy. Nine's a big hole. Little's coming off a huge injury. Simpkin looks like a good player, but he's still a baby. He probably suits the new rules, or both of them do. And by I don't again, I don't know how they use him. They said his preseason was at one. He probably gets first crack there. Fourteen. The back line, Nofa, Leilua, Jet. If things go well and they can roll forward, there's going to be weeks where they could absolutely light teams up. But my biggest thing is just discipline. Mm. I just like Leilua week to week. You never know what you're going to get. Jimmy the Jet. The last few years, he's been happy. He's been not been happy. Like he's off food issues. And again, I never ever throw barbs at that. But you just don't know what you're going to get either. I don't have faith in a full season and a consistent season in either of those two. Um, the key positions, like we said, Brooks is about the only one who's settled in a spot there. I think Dewey could probably be so, but for me, straight away, you just need to pull the trigger. Like For the Moses and Bly thing, it's past the point of like whether he's on contract for another year or not. If he's not the best player for any of those positions, he's on the bench as a utility or he's not in your team. Simple. Mm-hmm. Don't hold back. If you brought Dane Laurie over for a reason, then he's looked good in a few games. You look good in the one game he got for Penrith last year. You play Laurie. If the same as the little Simpkin thing. If you think Simpkin's better, I don't care if he's younger. You just play him and you stick to your guns. I think Simpkin looks like he's going to be a good player. But even with the Fords they've brought in, like Offerhand Gowie didn't really deliver at the Broncos, so now he needs to prove a point. Will he? I don't know. Um, Twelve's a good player. Luciano was their best attacking weapon last year on the left hand edge. Anything good happened happened around Luciano. Garner solid. Tarmow probably brings the one thing they've lacked, which is culture and a bit of leadership. That could go a long way within that group. Um, but, yeah, Stefano Utukamano could be one of the next big things. He's been talked about in Haas links, yet to be seen. But uh, my main thing here is probably just depth. When I look at the 1-17 to and what they've brought in, all things going well. If things clicked, I don't think they could make the 8. I don't think they will, though. I don't think things will click. And I, as I said again, I don't trust enough of those guys. I don't trust the discipline. I don't trust the consistency and... Yeah, besides, say, Tarmow, who's proved week in, week out what he can do. Between Offie and Galilei, Lua, Jet, and constant change in the spine, I think they're going to go through a few different things. I don't think it's going to be consistent enough. Depth outside that starting pack. Um, 
if Stefano plays well and those guys are good, Offengari, Tamiya, Lucci, Twal, etc. Zane Muffsgrove, he's suspended again. Tuki Simpkin, they brought down. He's an option. Bloor's injured. Mikhail, he's hot and cold. Packer has had his issues. He's off contract. Tuolagi, Safarth, you know, halves options, like we said, and Bayer, Jock, Dewey, Brooks, like, who's going to be the partner? Hopefully they can stick with one and it'd be Dewey. Yeah. Fullback. No, I just don't have enough faith in things staying sold in those positions and the couple of the guys they brought in delivering on uh, what they've been paid. So it, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I have me issues around um, spine. Uh, they're not set on a nine. They're not set in the halves. They're not set at one. That is conducive to not playing finals footy. I think they think Dewey and Brooks are the way they want to go. But will he hold this year? Will he get trigger happy again and not be happy and rotate or yeah. and buy and then go to a lot like... To me, you just you're basically what we said. You've signed these guys. You're starting to get the players you want in there. If you think that's your best 17, stick with it. But mm. I don't have faith in a full consistent year of Jet, Leilua, Offengawi, etc. The guys they've brought in. I have big hopes for you to come on. I think he can be a really good player. I really do. Yeah. I think Tarnay will be good for him. But consistency over a full 24 rounds. One upside to them is I don't think they'll have anyone in Origin, so they can probably grab a couple extra wins there, which pushes their case to make the eight. But I'm I'm still not confident enough that they'll get there. I, I would have liked to say that they'll finish in their traditional position of ninth, but that's not what I've gone with. Yeah. Uh, I've gone with thirteenth, which I've... probably seems a bit lower. I think again, health-wise and consistency, that they, to me they could get up to ninth, but mm. I I just don't know. I've got them eleventh to start off with. Imbai didn't play the last try, had a hemi. Dewey suspended round two. Musgrove round three. Walters, who I reckon will end up at Brisbane with his dad, is ACL. Mid-season to late, and Bloor hurt his wrist. He is round six to eight. But I think all things positive come from the left-hand side where they've got Luciano. Mm-hmm. That's where the majority of things happen with their attack. If Laurie plays anything like he did on the weekend, the combination they form there in Brooks, and they get some go forward in these new rules, Simpkin rolling out, Laurie pushing to the middle, get to Lucci. I think there'll be weeks against some teams if they're on their downside with that back line, but they could put 40 points on someone. But I still think like last year... Similar to consistency, when they'd I mean, beat, consistency yeah. in key positions. They'd beat a top four side, then they lost to the Gold Coast Titans, yeah. or you know, hey, like, on, mate. not this year. Different story, but you get my point. Yeah. They seem to get up for big sides, but they couldn't beat a team that they should have yeah, beaten. Well. So I don't know if much is going to change. Pretty sure the Gold Coast Titans finished ahead of the Tigers last year, right? They did, mate. Yeah, huge year. So tuck it in, mate. But it's a big year for the Tigers. Talking um, like an elite, elitist Storm no. fan. Come on, mate. But I, I just don't think a lot's going to change, unfortunately, for the Tigers fans. So. Hopefully you see some growth out of Simpkin and a couple of these younger guys, and those signings do pay off. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm just not seeing a consistent okay. odds. Thirty four between the comp, fifty one for the minor, top four eight, three fifty for the top eight. Miss a dollar twenty eight, spoon six dollars, and the over under for the Tigers is seven and a half. I'll say over. Over. I reckon eight at least. Um, but yeah, that, that's that seems a bit low. The Warriors, bro, 10th. Attack 14th, defensively 9th, 8 and 12. It was a terrible situation. COVID hits. They have to stay here permanently. They start off okay. Things hit the skids. They fire Kearney mid-season. Peyton takes over. Some players go home, in particular their two massive yardage wingers and finishes, Marmolo, Fusi Tua. Um, but they kick. They come together. The situation, they had nothing to focus on except each other. And football, uh, they played some really good football at the end of the year. Peyton simplified things. They just rolled off the back of the new rules. Defensively, they were better than what you see the majority of the time. Taylor Harris, when he was healthy, playing as a middle. 
Alessia Gattawa's impact on the edge. Just to fund them when he came back, they get some second phase, they roll through. There were some really good signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming into this year, new coach. Again, Brown takes over. They got Aitken going over there. Adam Blake is big signing. Evans to probably be a bench impact. Ben Murdoch, Masilla, who I don't know if he suits these. I don't know if you've watched in the Super League. I think he might be a bit too big for... I've, I've watched a lot of him in the Super League. And look, he, he's impressed me in the Super League. So they've got uh, hopes, but it's a big the, forward pack. The standard of the Super League is well below what it was. And they've also gone probably the opposite of what a lot of people have gone. They're getting big. Like, Adam Fanua can play big minutes. Evans is mobile for a big fella, but they're a bigger side. Last year, if anything, I thought they were a smaller forward pack than they've yeah. usually been. Huge ins, though. Basically, like, two new signings for me. A Fussy Tour and Mark Moller. For yardage, they are massive. And both good finishers. So that brings an element they definitely missed after they left. What they lost, Beal, Adam Blair, Lachlan Burr, Blake Green, Pat Herbert, Kieran, Tane Milne, Parsi, Papali Roach. Like, there wasn't a lot of guys that were really playing. Green, by mutual decision, moved on. Can't blame him. Herbert played some football. Most of those other guys were just kind of bench roles. Blair was definitely at the back end, so I don't think they really lost anyone of great importance. I'll just tell you the biggest thing to come out of this, and we've talked about this for a lot of people that don't know. biggest thing that's hurt the Warriors and all this is COVID, is their, their SG ball side was red hot. Yeah. They would have gone close to winning SG ball last year, and a back result of it is some of those kids have stayed, but probably half of them signed with Australian clubs now because they're no longer in SG ball this year. Mm. So they had... A gun halfback, Sione Mawala, who's now at the Canberra Raiders. They've had some forwards spread out, again, across some other clubs. They had a gun back row who played in a club game that I watched the other week. Newcastle fans, actually, I forgot to say earlier. Sam McIntyre, who looked red hot. Like, this is probably having more of an effect on them in their long term because they had a really good group that they should have seen come through to them, and some of them have now moved on. Yeah. They've kept some players out of it. Uh, they've got a young fullback. Leia Tower, I think, might be the name, and the hooker was really, really good. Otu Koala. O2 Colo, but he might be another year or two away. But this just more has a detrimental effect long-term as far as what they had come to the pipeline, which that sucks, in all honesty. But looking at their side, Sheck's last year as well. Their back line, if it's Sheck, Marmolo, Hiku, Aitken, Fusi, is really, really good. Harves, you're looking probably Cody, Chanel. As far as the running side of things, if they can get a roll on, they suit the new rules. They're not probably the greatest creators, but you want to talk about running game off second phase and just playing. Um, Fanua Blake... Murdoch Masilla, Wade Egan, Alessia Katoa, Tohiros, Jazz Tavunga. Really good start and forward pack. Sirenin came over. He might play in the back row. They might choose to put Tohu to lock again. Play Jazz off the bench as an impact with, say, Jermaine Tanoa Brown, who was good last year, Evans, and Jazz. Uh, I actually don't mind their side. My bigger worry here, again, nine. Egan's already hurt. The backup option, Lawton, I'm pretty sure, has torn his Achilles. So they don't really have a hooking option. They might have to put Jazz there. If not, they have to convert Cody and maybe play Paul Turner. They've got O'Sullivan over there as a half in the halves with Chanel. Um, that kind of worries me. Second time around, if they don't get to go home, will they have to stay here? Will they be able to back it up? This one I really wrestle with because I think they've actually improved and getting those couple of guys back plus what they signed. But I don't know if they can recreate it twice. But if all things go well... I think they'll be in a similar spot. And you play with this bigger forward pack and generate more second phase and get good yardage and Rogers last year, if all those things kind of come together and they get to go home, I really wanted to put them seventh or eighth, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. Obviously, origin probably doesn't affect them, which is also another reason I really considered it, but I've got the Warriors at ninth. I've got them 10th. So, and Brown, this is his third job. Uh, yeah. I, I thought he did good work at Newcastle rebuilding it. He's done a good job overseas. He, you know, gets this job not in a bad position. Um, again, spine 
halves and hooker maybe not the greatest, but with the forward pack, the back line they've got, and Roger, and the way the rules have gone, probably takes less pressure off them in terms of that they're all probably good players at running and playing off second phase and broken play. But um, you just have to wait and see how this year plays out, I guess. But yeah, I like the forwards. I do. I like the wingers. They've got a couple of good kids. Perham, Rituva, Rocco Berry's got some wraps on him. I really like Paul Turner. He might get some time as well. Um, but I've got him just missing out. So. Yeah. Ninth, tenth, premiership odds twenty six dollars. Minor twenty six as well. Top four seven, top eight two fifty. If you think they can get in, good value. To miss a dollar fifty, the spoon fifteen dollars, and the over under is nine and a half. So if I've got them there, I'm obviously saying they're going over. It's right on for me. I'll say, yeah, I'll say over. Over on the Warriors. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Also, 10 or 11 wins for the Warriors. 10 or 11, you reckon. Next up. That's what I said, bro. Gold Coast Titans, your mob. Ninth last year, finished with five wins in a row. Attacked 13th defensively, 10th, 9 and 11. It was a poor start. Things weren't looking too flash hot, but to his credit, uh, Holbrook rolled through the guys and said, if you're not willing to do the job, I'll move on from you. And he did that. He played some of the younger, less experienced guys, your Yolifs. Your whip breads, he blooded spry, a couple of the other outside backs, you dropped your pizzas, your cart rights, your boids, basically cleaned the joint out. Mm. Um, accelerated their process, salary cap wise, by getting a couple of guys to jump or to move on to other clubs. And they finished the year on fire. Mo fought to Waker and some of the other guys in the Ford pack punched over. Peachy started to find a bit of form. Jamal Fogarty was a breath of fresh air. That really helped sort out. Obviously, uh, Ash Taylor, Brimson, Kelly looked red hot in attack, spry. There was a lot to like about what the Titans did. Semi played some of his best football as well. Rain did a solid job. Wallace even looked like he was half serviceable in Proctor. So a lot of things that were going wrong come up good. And this year you gain potentially two of the best forwards in the competition to add to that. Tino, Fasumar Aoi and David Fafida. SESE comes also to help your rotation. Sam McIntyre, good depth signing. Um, Paddy Herbert, again, another good depth signing. And losses, Boyd, who basically... Wasn't doing anything for you. Arrow, who for the money he ended up signing for now, probably not a bad thing. Cartwright, Pete, Watkins, Copley, Hipgrave, Ryan James, who come off an ACL, who they weren't willing to pay. So, again, uh, probably Arrow at the right price, maybe someone you want to keep, but I think they've done a really good job. Yeah, they have. And Absolutely. Your development players, Greg Marzu, they've got wraps on. He's been strong in the offseason, a center winger, he's a powerhouse. You've got young Jaden Campbell, son of Preston, yep. and a couple other guys that have come through your system there, but. Looking at this, Brimson at the back, Semi and Spry potentially on the wings, Kelly and Herbert in your centres, Ash and Fogarty in the halves, your forward pack, Mo uh, in the front row with potentially Wallace, Mitch Rain, Proctor, Fafida, Tino and a bench of Lasone, SSA, Peachy, and then they could play a more as a utility kind of back type or a stone. Um, your backline depth, like guys that probably don't make it or if they do, you've got Thompson, Don, Pearson, Halves options, you got Boyd, uh, Tanner Boyd, Sexton, who they've signed two young guys who are both former Australian schoolboys, Aaron Clark, and the forwards, like I said, Stone, Yo, Leaf, Whitbread, McIntyre, guys that have played a bit of first grade. Plenty of experience. De- but- depth is okay. Halves depth's probably not the best in hooker depth, but that forward pack, from what you achieved last year, to add in two guys with the quality they did, if they're healthy and Foggy plays anywhere near the standard he did where he takes the pressure off, Taylor and he can just pick and choose his moments. If Brimson can stay healthy in particular, it was yeah. outstanding. If, if we can keep Brimson healthy, the halves are serviceable 
and just solid. Yeah, and, and you're nine. We, can, we need a nine. Just roll off the Cameron back Smith and, rolls in, and we're, we're good. Mate, that's still one I'm looking at. I, I don't know how you'd consider Brisbane with what the Titans have got there. If I'm looking at either of them, yeah. it's a no-brainer. And He'll be going the Titans. Sure. With these rules and the year going on, he might hold off. He might see how things play out to start with, or they might be playing at Coy and they might roll him in. Yeah, maybe. Midway, but... I look at this, I think the one big factor, again, obviously, is expectation. After a good year last year, there's going to be expectation. People know about Foggy now. Brimson's coming off another injury. Uh, Fafita, Tino are going to be sought after. Lots of pressure on those two guys. But if you stay healthy with that forward pack, halves being solid. And I think the back line is really good at the back end. Like I said, Spry, Kelly, these guys showed some real good potential. And for the first time in a long time, we spoke about it. Your goal line, D, and your D effort, which has not been there for years, was there at the back end, so... If Holbrook can yeah. get everyone to buy in and they play good footy. Holbrook did a great job. And he's had another off-season, an uninterrupted off-season. The talent's there. We just need a few things to go right. And and, and a bit of an attitude change. A bit of confidence. Yeah. Uh, a bit of a change from, you know, sort of... Not that they've ever given up. Particularly last year, they they were dour and they just fought in every game last year. Yeah. They need just to, need to that bring, that, bring that consistency... Uh, and, and they're going to be fine. Well, I really struggle with this one. I've put them at eighth, but this is the spot I sat there and thought, well, Warriors, I've got a mate, Sharks. and I think, they're, I think they're clearly better than the Warriors, Sharks, Cowboys, Tigers. I think the biggest thing, like On you paper, said, it'll just be injuries in form. And then Origins, obviously, something they have to think about this time. Because for Feder and Tino, are shoo-ins if they're healthy. Mm. Mo played last year. He might get a run. Semi got a game, maybe not as likely, and Brimson. So you potentially got three guys there around that time uh, yep. that would be hard to cover for. So that's a real factor, again, this year because that affects you for round 13's no players. I haven't said this throughout. Round 14's backing up. Round 15's a free round. 16 players back up. Round 17, there's no players. And round 18, they're back up. So in that five or six weeks when you're one of these teams that's probably on the edge of the eight, Origin could be a real make or break this yeah, year always for health and form. But I've got them at eighth and you've so, gone same spot. Yeah. Premiership odds, $15 minor. 11, top four, 375, top eight, $1.85 to miss a ninety. The spoon at $34. And their over under is 12.5, which this is the one I struggled with because I'm saying over. I think they'll be thereabouts, but to get in, 12 is enough. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll get 13. So 13 and 11. I'll say over, but I really wanted to go under on bang on 12, but I won't. So. Yeah, I'm really excited to see Tino Fafida there with Mo, and it seemed to have invigorated everyone last year, just having Holbrook there with Wallace Proctor, Peachy, a few of those guys. SES, even Lasona, I forgot to mention Lasona, he was really good for you guys last year. Yeah. So those guys around, Fogarty again with Taylor, that back line, Kelly on that left-hand side, I'm excited. I really hope they live up to the hype, I do. Um, because You're not the only one. Some good signs, and for you, mate. All these times we've been going to watch Melbourne and travel on this and that, hopefully this year. We'll yeah. be going to watch a good Titans side. That'd be nice. And win some games. We played in one final we... since 2010, and we got rorted by Ben Cummins. <laughs> well, I left these in random order tonight. I shuffled them around, and we're finishing off with three biggies, I reckon. Yeah, we are. Which is usually when we go in order, not the case. Roosters, South, Raiders. Let's go to the Roosters for one of our final three here. 14 and 6 last year. First in attack, fifth in defence. They finished fourth. Red hot start to the year. Huge losses early, straight after the COVID. Radley... Verrills, the halves combination, they weren't so happy with Flanagan. They went to Lamb for a bit, then he got injured. 
Cordner was injured for the majority of the year. Friend had concussion problems. Kiri was busted up as well. Health was an issue. And at the back end, they almost beat Penrith. They almost beat the Raiders, but it just looked like they were tired, flat and a bit beaten up. But if there's one thing you know about the Roosters, they adjust. They'll be back, baby. They bounce back, and I don't care what anyone says. You write them off at your own peril. We are back. For what's been brought in, it's uh, a lot of youth. No real big signings. Adam Kieran's an underrated signing, in my opinion. He, again, junior pedigree, great. Hasn't been in the best situations, but you're talking about a former Australian schoolboy. You don't become an Australian schoolboy for no reason. So in him, I think they've got a great utility. They've got someone who can play at the halves, play centres, goal kicker. Bench option utility, backup half. Joseph Swallow, we all know the story there. Um, yeah. Massive height, even with the back line they've got right now, they don't need him straight away. It's just a luxury to be able to have him. And they've upgraded two kids from their flag and ball who they're so impressed with from the uh, off-season. Tuki Howe to Puha, who's a back rower, and Nafahu White, who played also on the trials. So I don't think they'll be seeing a lot of time, but that's realistically the only additions they've made. Yeah. Losses, Orbo, uh, you know, I think he was past his best back end there and he yeah. almost didn't make the squad, so it's probably the right time. But his versatility, obviously. Pawasa, Flanagan, Hall, Tupelo, to SBW. Like, no, again, no one really there stands out to me and makes me say they need to be there. Mm. Um, SBW, the novelty of it all. Tupelo is supposed to have a good future, but I just told you they've got Suwali, so cross that one out. And Flanagan, they're obviously not weren't happy with how things were going there, and they've got multiple options. So yeah. between Walker, Lamb, Kieran, they've got three other guys potentially that could play with Luke Keary. They're swapping Luke Keary into the seven role. They're probably going to start with Liam at six. They've got the best player in the world, in my opinion, James Tedesco, Morris and Tupo on the wings, Manu and other Morris in the centres, Rhea Hargraves, Tokiaho, Friends, Tilly, Angus, and like Radley coming back is like a new signing. Veryl's back on the bench there, takes pressure off Friend to have to play full games, and he also suits their rules. Collins played Origin. Liu's solid and underrated. Butcher, and they've still got other backup options. I mentioned those two kids. Cordner Blue available, middle of the year. Fletcher Baker, Egan Butcher, Daniel Fafita, who's another young guy. Backline, they've got Sawali. Billy Smith just got injured again, uh, which is terrible for him, but he'll be available hopefully mid-year. Good player, Sawali, who looks like he's going to get approved. And I don't know if they're part of it yet, their development, but the two twins that we saw play last year, ball freaks. Uh, the tour for Graham twins. So yeah. don't know if they'll be upgraded to the top squad, but... They're going to have options. The halves cover, like I spoke about, in Kieran, Hutchison, Sam Walker, Lamb. I think Sam Walker, potentially, they want to see play some cut first just because yeah. he's coming off two shoulders and he, he looks a hell of a player. But I think between Kieran and Lamb to start the year, they'll be playing with Kieran. That would have been the day when the West hierarchy were bitching about the result and a bloke from the Roosters said to me, don't stress about the result. We've spent $350,000 on the SG Ball team. It was a very good team. And the West hierarchy spent $3 on the SG Ball team. And also, Thank I, just, you. I just forgot Joey Lussick. So, yeah. you know, the future looks good. Their, um, their juniors are unbelievable. Yeah, and there's they more They were coming. flying in and flying out. And Volkman played those few yeah. games. He only played ball. He looked good in the trials yeah. as well. So Unbelievable. You know, every, like they were flying come. in a handful every Friday and flying yeah. them out well, just those, to play. The two ball. twins were coming from New Zealand together. Yeah. They had a winger, Gooba. Just... Isaac Gooba was good. They had Volkman. Yeah. One of the guys I just mentioned, uh, Nafu White, played against us. Yeah. He's now gone from SG ball to NRL within a year off. Yeah. Um, they're loaded. And again... I think they figure it out. I think they'll figure out their halves option. Who goes with Kiri, I don't know. But when you've got Kiri and Tedesco, you're playing third fiddle anyway. Yeah, exactly. Verrill's, like I said, Lusick, two options there to take pressure off friend, which is great for them. Radley's there. Him coming back 
playing as that extra half and these new rules is huge as well. It gives him that extra option if he's healthy. Definitely, yeah. So I, I like everything about the Roosters. I think the forwards all answer the critics as well that they burn out the last year. Crichton, by the back end of the year, was close to the best back row of the comp. They'll end up re-signing him. And I stick to my theory. Corner comes back if things go well and plays good, but if somehow things don't work out, I'd have Jordan Reiki on my radar to replace him. Yeah. So I, I like the Roosters. Origin... Tedesco, potentially Kiri, Crichton, Radley, Collins. Oh, there's a few guys up for grabs. Three or four potentially play, but healthy, all things sorted. Robinson's too good a coach. I think they'll figure it out. I've got the Chookies finishing fourth. Um, they may have some hiccups. We've seen at times that Kiri yeah, could I've got be up for an injury or friend, but if all things given and health, they're too good a side. Um, I don't know if they're up there to win a comp, but if things click into place and they can sort out the half thing by the back end there and Radley and Verrill slot back in, anything's possible yeah. with this side. So fourth, third for you, premiership odds $6, minor $5, top four, $1.80, $1.14, top eight, the miss five fifty, spoon eighty one, and the over under for the Chooks is sixteen and a half. Over. I'm gonna say under because I've got a fourth, which is bang on. Sixteen. What are you going to say? 16 and 8? Yep. 16 and 8. Who's so, going to beat them eight times? Origin. Yeah. Origin, I think, will cost them maybe some games. I maybe I haven't taken Origin into account so, enough. But that's the main one for me this I'm year. I'm looking at Storm, Roosters, Panthers, Rabbitohs, and just going, oh. there's no way they're going. Two to go, big boy. Raiders up next. Attack sixth last year is where they finished. They finished fifth in the regular season, fourth defensively, 14 and six. They were injury-ravaged. They really were. Um, but the upside, like we've said a lot of things, you have teams that have acceleration for different reasons. For them, I think development got accelerated in a couple of players you wouldn't have seen without some injuries. So with Hodgson, you got to see Starling. With him going out, that forced Jack and George to step forward. Jack emerged as one of the premier playmakers in the competition. Hudson Young got extra playing time to Pine, hit some of that form with some of the injuries they had. Papali stepped up. Um, we saw Gula before he got injured, Horsburgh before he got injured. They picked up Corey Harrow and Ira to replace Bateman. As far as losses, Bateman is a big one. Kotrick and Oldfield. I, I did like Bateman, but for what he was after and for the one year he gave, I don't have a problem with him moving on from him. I wouldn't agree. have paid him 800000 totally So I know yeah. a lot of people are freaking out about it. The combination of what they've got in the forward pack and the depth they've now built through these injuries is going to be massive for them. What they've gained, Aitkins is a good solid backup for their outside backs with Penrith. You've got Ryan James on half price, which for me, if he's healthy, is that's a great signing. And again, sometimes the change is as good as a holiday. He had yeah. some good times at Titans, but he's going into a club in a good situation, which is starting to slowly turn into a Roosters Storm type team who's expected to play finals every year. Ricky Stewart's done a good job. Harry Rushton's a young kid they really like over from England, and they've upgraded a couple of their own kids. Trey Mooney who's been a junior gun coming through from Parramatta, Xavier Savage and Clay Webb, who we both spoke about, back row lock, who's playing ball at the moment, will end up in flag, probably playing cup yeah, he's gone. by the back end of the year. But I just love the development in the depth of this side and what they've got out of last year. I think they're in a really good spot. You'll have Chance at the back, Rapana and probably Bailey Simonson, who was forgotten about, who was good the year before from injury. Curtis Scott will be healthy and hopefully in a good headspace to play in one centre spot. Croker will be off an injury, but to start off with, they'll have options in Tomoko and Harley Smith Shields to replace him. We were both good young players and good depth. Jack and George in the halves. Hodgson back in, again, like a brand new signing. The biggest question mark I have there is can they all work together now? After what he's seen them doing in the new rules, 
can he understand that it's probably more Jack, the dominant player, and he doesn't need to do as much from dummy half. He needs to pick his moments to blend in a little bit more. But that, that to me, is huge. That is massive to have him back in. Papali was awesome last year. You probably have him start with, say, a Soliola, Hudson Young and Elliott in the back rows, Whitehead, who's massively underrated, to Pine at lock and your bench. Emre Gula was looking great before he got injured. You could potentially have Emre Gula, Ryan James, Dunamis Lewis, who got a taste of origin, and Starling as a backup nine. Uh, their depth options after that. Adam Cook played a game. Aitkins, like I said, Croker will be available. Valame played. Young Albert Hopawade's gone down there. Sam Williams is a backup half. He's always does a solid job. Harvili for hooker. Starlight, we see, can come off the bench. Trevelyan, they signed from the schoolboy Peter Sterling medal winner from a couple of years ago. And forwards, to start off with, Harrow and Ira is not available, neither is Horsburgh. And they've got Sutton, who showed he's solid. I think this is a really good Canberra Raiders. This is a really good Canberra Raiders team. Thanks, Mick. Yeah, I really like Canberra Raiders. Ricky's done a great job with the club. Moving in the right direction. Yeah. Great players. Hoops will be on them as well. What do you think about the Raiders? I like the Raiders. I do too. Uh, I think there's there's a a clear tier. I think there's a clear top five. Yeah. You could throw the Eels in there. I think they're on the outside looking in the Eels, but uh, I'd throw the Raiders into that mix. Yep. I've got them fifth, but through no fault of their own, I've just got Roosters, Storm, Panthers, Rabbitohs above them. Uh, but they the Raiders could easily win the comp. I think they're within a premiership window. If they can keep Hodgson on the field, stay fit, things click, the spine goes well. Yeah, Jack. Uh, they avoid injuries and suspensions. They get that home field advantage back. Made up, you know, they, they beat Melbourne in that prelim. They, they probably go on and beat Penrith in the grand final. Uh, who, who knows? Like yeah, hell of a side. Fish and chip paper now, but... yeah. They've been in and around preliminary finals and big games the last few years. I mean, they knocked the Roosters out away from home. So, uh, yeah, I like the Raiders, man. They're they're, uh, they're a side you look at. And, you know, they lost a few key guys at the back end and still punched away really well. Forwards and Hodgson. Emre Guller, I thought, was almost their best forward before he got injured last year. So He came through with all sorts of raps, and I um, think they're loaded in the forwards. Yeah, so you won't get a bigger admirer of Canberra than me. I, I think they can win it. I think we're just really top heavy this year. Yeah. In terms of who who wins it, I, I really don't know. And uh, the Raiders are right in the mix. Well, and but again, and I'll say, they play to a style that's conducive to this faster, yeah. faster game. And I'm, I'm going to say, I think like the rules. The when you look at the, the changes we've had in the rules, and you look at the top four or five teams from the last three or four years, it's actually helping those teams be better. Yeah. And the other thing as well, like I said, when you clean up your house and you become one of these Melbourne or Roosters, you're going to have success moving forward, and they've done that. Yeah, They're doing well in ball, flag, they're producing players internally, they're making smart decisions as far as who they bring in, they're making good cap decisions, like the Bateman thing, you don't need to. You have Topine play the way he does, Hudson Young, Gula, Horsberg, Harawur and Ira come on half price. Like it, They're just they're doing really good business. Jack, he's stuck with, it's paid off. George, they bring over, it worked for him. Yeah. Um, back line, like if Croker comes back from his shoulder, and I still think that edge, his edge particular and defensively, and Rapana can be a bit loose. Maybe the edges defensively need to be tied up a little bit, but between Bailey, Simonson, Rapana, Scott, Chance, they're going to have enough in yardage. They've got a good spine. They've got oodles of depth in their back, uh, in their forward pack. And like I said, Gula, James, Papali, Hodgson being in there with those guys. Hudson Young, the way he played with Elliott in, that, in the back end of the year. 
I wanted to point a difference this year. A lot of people are on South, so I had the storm last year. I know a lot of people be out for Penrith. I was looking at Penrith and thinking it's going to be harder because they're hunted. The Roosters thing, I think they'll figure it out over the year. Storm with a hooker. I'm all in on the Raiders. That's my pick this year. Oh, Mick. I'm in the Raiders. Mick's convinced you. I, I honestly, I, I still think I'd love to see Penrith because we're here. But those the middle depth, I think, may hurt. But if they don't get injuries, I, I think Penrith will be right back there. Melbourne, the Roosters, I think, they've got a little bit to overcome this year. I think South's are the one for me, cat-wise and the way everything's going right now. I think if they don't win this year, big problems. Because mm. Wayne will be gone. They've got Reynolds and a few guys off at the moment that need to get paid. They're very top-heavy already with Cook, Cody, Arrow's just got a big deal. Like I think they're in one of those things. But I look at the Raiders and think for the next year or two, and even with who's off contract, like I, I don't think there is many guys that are off that would greatly concern them at this point in time. Um, if I can find them quickly, to say that this window is not open for them. But where'd you say you've got them fifth? Fifth, yeah. Am I insane or not? No. I just wanted to go yeah. somewhere different. A lot of people... Yeah, good on you, mate. Oh, it can be know. different. It can be different. And I, actually, okay. I actually think they're pretty good odds. To win the comp, they're 10 bucks. Yeah, get to on. To win the minor, they're 11. Origin, you think Jack and Papali will be part of it. So yeah. in that situation, like I said, great forward depth to cover for Papali. And they've got Sam Williams to come in who's played well when he has. So I think they can kind of get themselves through the origin period. Of who else I'm looking at here, uh, you know, Louis played last year, but I don't think he will. And I don't really see many others that will probably push into that arena. So if they stay healthy, I reckon they can cover for that. And I think they've got a really good chance of being the minor premiers and the premiers, potentially, if all plays out well. But biggest one is that mesh of having Hodgson come back. Those key players working together, that needs to fit. Yeah. If he can fit back in with Jack and George and Jack plays anywhere near to what he did or goes to another level, he was exceptional last year. So if Hodgson's anywhere close to that, he brings another element with his kicking game. Spine's better. Pack's good. Um, I'm all on the Raiders The green machine Get me Under 20s jersey out When I'm 20 kilos heavier With my belly button poking out And start drinking Green Campbell milk mm. Good times But Overs unders Bit of mint ice cream for you Overs unders is 15 and a half I'm over I'm going under I think they'll win 15 14, 15 There you go And the last one to finish this off The Premiership Favourite or equal favourite with the Panthers is the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Six last year, fourth in attack. Six defensively, 12 and eight. They were up and down, but as Wayne said, lots of people trained during COVID. We didn't train. What a waste of energy. (laughs) They peaked at the right time. (laughs) They came good. Uh, I did not see that Roosters 58, bloody whatever it was, shellacking. They went into the finals and just basically, they reminded me of the old school Panthers. Like, not that they were that bad defensively, but it was like, if you can score 30, we'll score 50. Yeah, we're just going to go after And it. like Parramatta, oh sorry, Newcastle started fast and then they blew them off the park. Parramatta got a couple of tries, blew them away at the back end of the game. Uh, they got to the Penrith game. I thought they had multiple opportunities. They did. Particularly the second half, they started opening up the left edge. Cody Walker got loose. Reynolds started to kick well. It was more so they were 50-50 in the forward and the yardage battle, which is one thing they've struggled with is yardage. But yeah. you look at them this year for what they've lost. Uh, Corey Allen came in at the back end of the year, did a good job. But Latrell, in the form he looked in the other night, if he's fit, ready to go, he's going to be a hell of a player. Amone was ACL. Dylan barely played. Gooden was depth. Johns was depth. Lowe didn't play all year. Jet was basically not required. Rodwell didn't play. The biggest loss is Bailey Sheeran. Um, he played really well, I thought, for them. But... Two options there. They got Host, who didn't really get a look in at the Dragons, who's a solid player, and Keon Kalamatunga, who's come through the juniors, 
playing as a back row, I played there the other night. So they've got two options. Other than that, they've both got the same side. They've got Jaira coming on board, whose form last year was okay, but the year before when he was healthy, if he gets back to that form, he's going to be a hell of a player. Yeah. But he needs to get to that form. As far as depth, though, smart signings. Like you pick up Mantle for the position where Penrith's got to pay part of the freight and you get a good yardage wing and a backup. Mm-hmm. Excellent. You get Benji Marshall as a backup half. I, I think you couldn't have done a better job. Moger is a backup outside back. Tarn Milne. Yeah. They've got everyone else basically Perfect. locked in. Um, you got depth, I think, in a few positions. Maybe front row might be the only one. You might be a tiny bit light, but with the way the new game's going, you've got those mobiles, like I said, players that you're talking about. So last year they used a Sele or Jed. They got host there. They've got some options there if they need to, but Braden Burns is back, who may not even get a run in the back line, along with Mansour, Masters, who plays some games. You've got Latrell, Johnston, Gagai, Campbell Graham, probably Paulo get the first crack on the other wing. Walker, Reynolds, Burgess, Cook, Totola, who was great. Suar, Kolomatunge, Murray, if you go that way. Or they start with Arrow on the front row and put Tom on there for an impact. Nichols, Knight. Uh, they've just they've got a lot of options. They could play someone else's utility. I can understand why people would like them for this year's competition. The spine and the team is basically in place. They've been playing together for a while now. Good development, and again, I know it's only one game, but Latrell the other night looked red hot. He got his hands on the football. He was busy. His ball playing was good. He was willing to run the football. Uh, the health of the spine is critical. The game getting faster and bringing more fatigue again. Cook wasn't the greatest last year. If he can't get involved more so in the game and have a bigger impact with things getting faster and more fatigue, he's kidding himself. Yeah. Cody Walker is the best natural player in the competition. He will thrive in these conditions as well. I can understand why people like South. Yep, I like South. So they're my pick. I've got them first. I've got them second. Uh, Origin players potentially. The trail could be back in the mix in the centre spot. Campbell Graham could be in the mix, but realistically, I think Gadagai is a walk up for Queensland. Murray and Cook. So they might have three out. They've got young Josh Cook who they're big on as their backup. Halves depth. You have got Hawkins who they like and Dargan. Forge, Jed, Mago, Sally, Host, and backs, like I said, Burns, Masters. They've got some good options there. Um, I think they've got the three best, or three of the best spine running players in the comp. Yeah. Cook, Cody, Latrell. Yardage, like I said. Cameron Murray, I think is, you know, he's up there with Victor Radley and the, probably the best running 13. And like you said, you got those 13 top prototypes now. Having Arrow and Murray to yeah. rotate or play one as a prop so you get a more of an impact of, say, a Tom off the bench and maybe start with two lighter guys into Tola and Arrow and then you can rotate Murray if you want or push Colin Matunga in the middle and move one of those guys onto an edge. He's got options. Mm. Um, but like I said, I think their window... It's also Wayne's last year. Yeah, and their window is open now. But this year, Burns is off contract. Gagai's off contract. Reynolds is off contract. And obviously, we've heard the talk about that. He wants three to four years. They're willing to offer one. Sewer's off contract. And they're very top-heavy right now. Yeah. So, it's going to be hard, I think, beyond this year. Not saying they might be a finals team, but the window's open right now. It is, yeah. If they're going to grab one again, I wanted to pick them. But like I said, it seems to be everyone's pick, which is more why I've gone the Raiders route. But I could... this Got the Raiders. This is the other one besides, like, your Roosters, your Storms, if they're healthy, or Penrith. But... I can understand. I think this could be the grand final. Panthers, South, if you're going to ask me really what I'm thinking, but I think the Raiders will be around the mix. But they're the favourite. Equal with Penner, 550 Minor premiership, $5. Top four, $4. Top eight, 
$1.18 to miss $3.70 for the spoon, 67 and the over-under is 16.5. Over. Over. Mm. I'll go over as well. So there you go. There you go. Season previews. All knocked out. But to finish off, Premiers. We know I'm on the Raiders. Yeah, I'm on the Rabbitohs. And you are on South Sydney. You're a minor Premier. South, I'm going to go South. I, I, I don't know. I find no, minor Premier. It's hard with Origin one. again, but I went Raiders. Similar deal, because if they cover for it, I think they're going to yeah, be there. I'm going to go Rabbitohs. Spoon, I've obviously got the Dragons. I've got the Broncos. And you've got the Broncos. Who is your slider? Sharks. Yep, and mine's the same because they're the only team I've got falling out, so that's the way. Your improver is... The Titans. Yep, I think we've got the same one because, again, it's the only team I've got going in. A dark horse is generally someone who you think's a threat outside. I've got the Eels. you got the Eels? Wait, they're a dark horse. No one's going to be tipping them to win the comp. Can I reframe it to make the eight or is that just not count? What do you mean, I just think if things clicked the right way that the Warriors could somehow get into the eight and have, I don't know. Yeah, they can't win it. If things work out in the COVID bubble and they get to go home and check and the forwards, I, I think there's a potential that they could maybe jag a spot in the eight and maybe win week one of the finals and cause a bit of a stir. I don't see them no. winning it, but they're, can I do that or you're against that? You want a premiership? Yeah, you can do what you want. I'm going to say the Warriors, but in a different context. Who will be your top point scorer? Adam Reynolds. You got Reynolds. He's paying four fifty. He's second favourite to Nathan Cleary, who is three fifty. I'm with you because I think he won't play Origin, so you know he'll be there all year and he kicks and he'll score a couple of tries. Yeah. The value pick for me, I said this to you yesterday, Pappenhausen's kicking. I don't think he'll get picked for Origin because of Tedesco, and he's ten dollars. So you yeah. know he's probably going to score ten plus, but if he kicks okay, bit of value. And we like value for the punters. I love a bit of value. Value is what we're after, boxhead. So that's one I thought was a bit of value. Top try scorer. What do you think? Uh, I went Josh had a car. But there's two there that I really noticed, and I, I'm going to throw a few out here. Well, Fox is 13. Phil Sammy is $41. Yep, so you're doing what I've basically done. Right, I, th- I think he'll... Um, you find a few that are valuable. be a chance. Latrell Mitchell is 101 to 1. With the new rules. 101 to 1. Yeah, with the new rules, he'd probably steal a few on the edge. Just Mate, how many did he score the other night? I'll tell you who also scored a bag last year in these I'm new rules. I'm not saying he's going to win it, nah. but he's, he's 101 to 1. Can you see Cody Walker anywhere? Because he scored a fair few he last year. He scored three, didn't he, last week? Yeah, but the new rules suit him. He's $81. Yeah, there you go. Like, look, I know people aren't big on it, but I do this every year. I get like $2 bipdy and I find like Brock said. Last year, I'd felt at $51. If Johnson doesn't get five in the last game, I had five on felt. I'm winning 255 bucks. Yeah. Because he plays on that edge. That's where all the ball goes. It was just what I thought. That's all. But I think similar deal with the Warriors. Like Fussy Tour and Kennel the other day. It was Fussy's wing the other year that held the tries. He's 41 bucks. Yeah. Like If that's not worth a fiver, I'm not it. If you have two or three of those compared to a $8 favourite in Johnston, if one of them hits, you get 200 bucks. Yeah. Same as Pat. Like Nathan at $3.50 or Reynolds... I'd probably have 50 on Reynolds, but if you said I could have 20 on Pappenhausen at $10 if he's goal kicking and he plays all year and he can score, I'd probably put the 20 on Pappenhausen. Mm-hmm. So you've gone the Fox at $13? Yeah. 
Yeah. I've gone my same pick from last year. Now he's been flipped sides of the field. Brian Toto. He's $21 and he's now on the left-hand side for the Panthers. There you go. So that's where I'm at. But similar to you, I think there's some value in a couple of guys uh, just purely what position they play and what edge they play for their team in these new rules. So, yeah. Dally M, there's no odds. But who do you like? Nathan Cleary. I think he'll get better. Back it up. Penrith will be just as good. So I know it's probably hard to do it, but I'm going to go Whiten to go back-to-back. So that's hard. I was thinking one of the Roosters boys, in particular Kiri going to seven, but he has had some knocks, so he might miss some footy. Teddy's always going to go close. Nathan's the other obvious pick. I think they're around there. Big one for me is if Melbourne have a good year, I would have said Harry, but now he's missing. Like I said, I think more pressure of anyone at Melbourne is on Munster yeah. to have a big year this year and step up. And our last one, as always, is our $100 sure thing. As far as a bet, something you really like. Yeah. I have the big five. Penrith, Roosters, Rabbitohs, Storm and Raiders all make the top eight in a multi, $2.50. Get on. Well, I'm going to steal your thunder because I was going to just take one of those teams to be top four. But now you've said that, I'm just piggy-tailing yours. There you go. That's all in the eight, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if that's two fifty, that's better than the two dollars I was going to get. So, I'm with you. I before we sat down when we wrote these, I had that five Raiders, South Panthers, Roosters, Storm in a pile on their own. I had four teams basically, or five teams that I wasn't that keen on. In particular, the bottom three: Dragons, Broncos, Dogs. And then I had a glut in the middle, basically saying they're going to make up the last three spots. Eels and Knights, I thought were a little bit above. It was more the Titans, the Warriors, Cowboys, Sharks, Eagles, Tigers, sort of. I looked at, but I was more keen on Titans and maybe Warriors to take the last spot and Sharks if they're healthy. But there you go. We never make anyone happy when we do these. Some it's people okay. are a bit unhappy. Some people aren't. I'm ready to make people happy. There you go. That's our thoughts in depth on that. There's plenty of good kids to watch and keep your eyes on. There's obviously some movement. There's new coaches. There's a big year ahead for some clubs. There's pressure on some coaches. There's some fresh faces out there. And then we've obviously got some guys that. Uh, just tick the boxes every year. Ricky Stewart's teams get more consistent. Craig Bellamy's potential final year at the Melbourne Storm. Robertson just doing what he does. Arthur, um, it's going to be good. O'Brien signed up. Holbrook with his new side. Brown at the Warriors. I can't wait. Mm. What's our minute count on the season preview? I think it's about 2.30. Oh, it is. Two and a half hours of content, guys. It's usually around this. Plus, we start off with the rules and a bit of a chip chat. The so. other thing is, start sharing. Start Let's create some yeah. uh, if there's one waves thing, online. If there's one thing I've got to do, and I don't want to criticise our listeners, but compared to a few of the other ones that I see on Twitter and Facebook, I know a lot of people say you aren't that active compared to some of the others just posting. I don't like just sharing stuff that everyone knows. That's all. There's a lot of stuff that just gets shared. I don't want to just read We're not self-promoters. But if you like what we do, share it with people. Share it. Pass it on. Hashtag tag friends. talk the game up. Hashtag talk us <laughs> up. Get Talk people on board. Up. Listen to the fifth mark. And more, I'll post up the discussion group again. There'll be tipping comp. Uh, There's I, only about 500 in the discussion group. Yeah. The tipping comp, I think we can just reactivate the one we had and email people. And I'll put the link up again. And uh, we don't do super coach. We usually do a draft, which we haven't done this year. No, because I'm off it. Everyone's too inconsistent. But I will open super coach leagues because our listeners love playing I'm off against it. each other. I hate cup. fantasy and I hate it. And I promise this year, much like I do with the preseason stuff, I'll try to put up some more Bring stuff. back... The old Fox Sports fantasy system. That was the best system. Yeah, I don't remember. And I'll go back and play. But I'll try to put up a bit more content for people to interact on the discussion page and on the page in general. But I won't just reshare news that yeah. you see on every page. 
because it's just like pointless. 90% of the people we who can all see it. have pages that just share, oh, I'm not, share I'm just saying, like, shit. You can say it, I just don't need to reshare yeah. it. You can say it. I don't have time during the day with work and yeah. it's just, yeah. I know there's a lot of stuff out there, but this is what we're all about, the one thing a week. I know it may not fit in the new tech world where people want Instagram videos and 30-second things and one-minute clips, but I talk shit for two hours a week. That's what I do. Yeah. We jam it all in. Two and a half hours of free content. We sit here till fucking midnight, and that's what we do. Yeah. We talk footy. I'm tired so as hell. Pump for a season. There you go. One last thing before we go, Boxhead. Your ladder in its entirety to finish oh, off. Oh, shit. We've got all your season predictions. We've got our overs-unders. I'll do mine quickly first. Okay. Raiders first. South second. Panthers third. Roosters fourth. Storm fifth. Eels sixth. Knights seventh. Titans eighth. And outside, the Warriors at ninth, the Cowboys 10th, 11th, the Sharks, Eagles 12th, Tigers 13th, Dogs 14th, Broncos 15th, and the poor Dragons fans. I'm sorry, I've got you last. Okay, I have Rabbitohs at one, Penrith at two, Roosters three, Storm four, Raiders five, Eels six, Knights seven, Titans eight, Cowboys nine, Warriors 10, Tigers 11, Sharks 12, Manly, sorry Manly fans, 13. The Doggies at 14, 15, the Dragons, and 16, Kevy and his Broncos. And again, I look forward to be proven wrong because there's always two or three teams every year that just don't back it up and usually two or three who come well, up. Well, that's so. just my humble. If yeah, you're humble, that's, all it is. that's okay. I'm just a punter. That's all I am. If you don't like it, you got your opinion. I'm happy for that. Good on you. Good time. <laughs> Good on you. But there you go. iTunes, welcome to ACAST. Thank you for taking us on board. Spotify, rate, review, share the show. Get on board with us. Plug the podcast, and I should have said it all the way back at the start. Sorry, but Penrith Solar Centre back on board for another year. <laughs> Our major sponsor. Two should and have and said hours it right in, they're waiting for us for a plug. Uh, they'll get plenty of plugs during the year. They'll be the power rankings. They get their posts. It's all good. So Penrith Solar Centre again. If you're looking for solar system, there is no one better than Penrith Solar. We are back. Looking forward to 2021 season kicking off next Thursday night. A belter South versus the Storm. And for now, I would say. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. But enjoy the week leading up to rugby league. Welcome back to 2021 with the fifth and last NRL podcast. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.